so welcome. Today is the uh, April 18th, 2021, and it's the EricSwanRacing.com podcast with Mark Miracle, number 52. Number it's my, 52. It's my 52nd one awesome. already. And, I uh, don't understand why I wasn't number one. <laughs> well, you could have been. I know. You I know. I kept putting it off. Um, right. Is this like where John Hawkins sat right here? It is. Same spot. <sighs> National champion. I know. <laughs> Multiple time, right? I know. He's doing great. He's doing excellent. I'm, a guy from Clarkston. I'm going to take a picture of uh, whoops. my Zoom recorder. It's Zoom a recorder. H1N. I actually have a Zoom recorder, but it's different than that. So check that one out later when I get a chance. Yeah, you can put an audio in through here, so you can put a lavalier mic if you yeah. wanted to. Um, but I don't really have a need for that yet. Mine is actually sitting out on the back of my motorcycle. Okay. Yep, in a case. So Not too far away. Yep. Anyways, yeah. Nice. Yeah, a little, little oh, setup here. You know, um, are we actually live? We're, we are not live, so you wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> it might be a little distraction, but that's all right. Um, so yeah, today I just wanted to have a conversation with you. You're a huge guy in the motorsports industry, and uh, you know, I myself, I wanted to just say I am not religious, but I really respect what you do. I think it's really valuable for the community. Um, you know, when I was pretty messed up in the hospital, you were there. You know, mm-hmm. you you and Dawn, um, your wife, who are traveling the country, visiting all the racetracks, uh, you're helping people out. You really are. And I just wanted to help promote you and what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. It's something that I love. I don't necessarily, it's a weird uh, concept, loving going to the hospital, but I would prefer never to have to do that, right? Of I course. prefer no one crash, no one gets hurt. That's not the reality of this sport but I guess I I appreciate that I'm available I guess to do that and uh, um, you know I you know when I first started I actually told some someone told me said you don't need to go to the hospital these guys are tough you know they're they're men and they're real women and I I thought that's kind of weird and I and so I kind of wondered but every single person there's never a person that I've gone to see that have said uh, could you please leave? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they really appreciate it. And so I've learned differently. I know if it were me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be laying there alone you right. know, by myself. Yeah. And so, anyways. Yeah, some people don't have family. Some, you know, some people don't have that support system that's right. going to be there. It's just them by themselves. Or at the very least, their family's not with them. You know, could be in another state. Yeah, another state. And so we like to try to stay. We've stayed with people for days. Yeah. And waiting for family to come or. Or sometimes they don't come, and we end up taking them home. So as well. So yeah. sure. And uh, I've heard you've you've you know driven trucks and rigs back and made made the trips, and then you have to get yourself back because you have yes. to get your own stuff too. That's right. Don <laughs> usually follows me if that happens. Actually drove. Uh, actually, our very first weekend helping was at Daytona. Okay. And it wasn't our event. It was it was back in 2012 in March. Yeah. And uh, we had just moved out from California. Uh, we came out, and someone said, hey, there's a, a Daytona event, if you can come down. So we went down, and we ended up working the infield care center okay. all weekend. Yeah. And some guy on a tram, uh, his, I guess his mom's um, old elder, she was more of an elderly lady, money fell out of her purse and fell off the tram. <laughs> and so he jumped off the tram. <laughs> While it was moving. Yeah, while it was moving, broke his shoulder, messed himself up. Well, he came to the track uh, to Daytona on a, um, oh, what do you call it, Uh, a Victory Vision. 
Two-wheel machine. Two-wheel motorcycle. It's like their huge, uh, big uh, touring bike. And so anyways, long story short, I ended up driving that back home for him, which was, I loved it. Probably a little fun, right? It was fun. Yeah, it was almost a two-hour drive. And then Don uh, rode, uh, drove him and, the, and his wife and mom in, the, in our car. Sure. And then drove, drove us back up to Daytona. So it was fun. A little logistical nightmare, but you're glad to help, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we have the ability to do that, for sure. And so uh, tell me a little bit about Race Line Ministry. That's a company you run and own and operate? Yes. Yep. It is a 501c3. And as of about a year, well, actually about two years ago, it became into existence. And uh, it's just Dawn and me at this point. And we do, uh, we have ministry to motorsports, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much primarily um, uh, motorcycle road racing, which you know very well. And uh, in fact, one of our very first races is when we met you. I remember meeting you for the very first time. Do you remember where it was by you chance? You know, I was thinking of it when, uh, because you're coming over today, I was like, when did I actually first meet him? I think it was either 2011, I was doing track days. It, it was just, 2012, uh, 2012 sure. was the first season I did any racing, so it okay. must have been with the Wera Series. It was the Wera Series. It wasn't at Granton, but it was up north. The first farther round? North, actually, a little farther north. Blackhawk Farms. Oh, okay, yeah. You were there with some girl. Some yep, uh, Christine Curry at the time. Yes. Yep. And uh, I think that's the first time that we met you. Okay, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, basically we're um, here to serve the community. I mean, obviously we would love to, we love to tell people about God and our relationship with the Lord. Um, not everybody's interested, and that's okay. But if that comes up, we'd love to talk about it. But we just like to help, you know, we like to listen. It's not always also about motorcycle stuff, which we talk a ton about that, but you know, all these families and guys and girls that race don't maybe have uh, anybody to talk to. Maybe they don't have a church home or whatever, and so we do a lot of listening to a lot of different issues, a lot of counseling mm-hmm. about a lot of issues. Uh, we do a lot of weddings. I was trying to figure out how many weddings I mean, last year I did seven. Oh, wow. Just last year. I've got <laughs> three this year. So I'm thinking that since I've started, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've done between 30 and 40 race weddings. That's awesome. And are they nine years. actually some of them held at the racetracks, the ceremonies? Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Some of them, some of them, like the wives, they're like, no. They're we're not, not into not it doing, so much. Yeah, we're not doing it at the track. But there are a couple uh, husband and wife duos that comes to mind, like Jason Farrell and yes. his wife, I think, did it yes. at the track. Yep, I think, I'm wanting to say that maybe Ray Rizzo okay. may have married them. I'm not sure. Uh, do you know Heather, uh, used to be Sismatic? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I know the and name. Heather and Jared, yeah. and Heather and Jared Trees. Okay. I married them at Barber. Okay. I married another couple up at Nelson Ledges. I'll be marrying a couple at Road Atlanta uh, next month, end of May. Okay. And uh, Don and I were talking about that. There's a couple of other people that we married at the track, but uh, a good majority of them, though, were held somewhere else. Yeah, some other place. You know, when I was dating a different girl, um, we were actually thinking about 
the Packard Proving Grounds not far from here as a location. Oh, is that right? And it's like six miles from here. What is it called? The Packard Proving Grounds. What is that? Uh, they used to have the Packard Motor Car oh, Company. Packard. Okay. Packard. They they had a only a thing I could think of was Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah. yeah so Packard. Yeah, the old. They car. had the, yeah. uh, uh, an oval there uh, along a racetrack, basically six miles from here. It's dismantled now. It's all condominiums and things. But uh, part of the track was still there. T- it's still there today, cool. and it's a um, historical museum site. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, you can take your bicycle and ride a, pr- a portion of it. Now this says something different. I don't know if that mattered to you that it's saying what that's saying. So, um, uh, looks like we have an error recording. So I lost one of my feeds, but we still got a couple of them going. But we have all kinds of them running. You here. know, um, I'm trying it today without any power cords. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. That's right. I've done things too where I'm just trying to figure stuff out. You know, I we'll think the GoPro out. might might die at about an hour, but it says it's got about four hours of memory card, so uh, that's why I got another one back here looking at you, because I'd awesome. hate to lose you, your feed, you know, on the camera. I don't care if I lose me, but oh, if I lose oh, no. the guests. I'm thinking I don't care about leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the quicker I can get off video, I feel like I'd be, it would be better for you and everybody else. Well, I was I was wondering, uh, because you have your own podcast now, who, and you've I do. interviewed many many guests, yep. but yours isn't video, it's all strictly audio. It's just audio. audio, yeah. I thought about doing it, I thought about doing both, having it and doing one that just went up on the podcast site and another on YouTube, but it was way too much work. And, uh, you know, my time is, uh, it's difficult. So I just, for now, I'm just sticking uh, with the, the audio I've done. Actually, I think by this, this at the end of next week, I'll have done 180 oh, podcasts. Wow. Yeah. And this, I'm in the 40s as far as interviewing people. 40 okay, something. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely and as a, you know, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's uh, every single one that I've had so far except for one has been with a different guest. Oh, okay. So I'm not trying to repeat any guests for a while. Right. And um, because it's so easy to just oh, have your buddy come on and just stick to that, and then you never reach out to new people right. and yeah. expand your horizon. So like, I just I just didn't want to get caught in that tra- little trap. Yeah, I have a couple people that I'll probably do again just because, you know, in, in kind of learning how to do this, one of them was uh, – Richard Harris, which you know, who you know, and, you know, we, we finished the, the interview and then we talked like for another 45 minutes and I said, man, alive, we need that, that all needs to be on another interview and he said, yeah, I'd love to do that. The other person is uh, Damien Chagala. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I had an interview with him before he went to Spain and I said, when you get back, we've got to talk about all that happened there. And so yeah. we haven't done that yet, which I need to do that pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, I'm the same. I, I prefer just to keep doing new people. And I'm trying to I'm trying to interview, like, a lot of people that are, are a part of racing. They may not be a racer, but they might be a part of racing. You know, before I did this, that's all I would see. You know, you watch TV and you see, you know, uh, Josh Heron, or you see Josh Hayes, or you see, you know, Jason DeSalvo, and, and you just see the racer race, you know, you don't realize all that goes on behind it, you know, it goes on behind the scenes, and so I'm trying to, as well as racers, get the people behind the scenes. Yeah, know? that's, it's, yeah. it's uh, cool, because, you know, those aren't always the people who are on camera, 
and though you don't hear those stories, so when you get those stories of whether it's the local guys or the up and comers like Damien, who's now an international racer by age what fourteen? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think he's yeah, he's still only like I think he's sixteen. Now. Is he sixteen now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw he's racing a, a one thousand. Yeah, Honda one thousand. <laughs> yeah, he was at Tally last weekend racing that that beast, and so he did pretty good. I think he's still trying to figure that thing out because man, that's a a lot to hang on to, but yeah. he's doing good. I'm sure he'll be trying to figure it out for the next 15 years. Yeah, probably, yeah, <laughs> like everybody else, still trying to figure it out. And uh, I wanted to ask you about something I don't know much about at all. You you got your foot wet into some racing of your own, right? You don't know anything about it? No, I know that you uh, <laughs> You don't know anything about me racing. Yeah. You know everything about racing. I don't know about your, about my uh, racing. your racing, yeah. I don't know much about it either. <laughs> it's, uh, so next question? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no problem. Well, well, we can move along. No, no, it's all right. What happened was, um, I don't know if you know AJ, AJ Gustafson. Okay. He, uh, I'll try to keep it short, but he surprised me on a Friday night at Nelson Ledges. So he invited my wife and I to a potluck dinner. You know, everybody's going to bring food to his canopy and, and eat. And so we did that. We ate. And I sat on this, uh, uh, like a riser with a motorcycle on it, and it had a cover on it, and I sat right next to it, and I was leaning on it while I was eating. And then uh, he had told me they were going to have a special, some kind of something going on at the end. I said, okay. So at the end, he said, hey, everybody gather up. And there was, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30 people there. And he said, hey, I've got a special presentation tonight. And, and so I was just standing there like this, just trying to figure out what he's doing or whatever and he said you know mark miracle we really appreciate you i was like oh my gosh what you talking about (laughs) so anyways they unveil that bike that i was sitting there and they said tomorrow you are going to the racing school and you're going to race there you go and oh my gosh I i thought and i thought they were giving me the motorcycle too and uh i was i was shocked and I said, well, there's no way. I don't have any leathers or boots. I didn't bring anything. Yeah. And he said, no, don't worry. Your wife brought it up. And so she had been on it, in on it for like a couple of months. And so sure enough, I went out the next day and uh, did that. It was very cool. And then everybody came and signed. Uh, they, were, they weren't giving me the bike, but they gave me a lot of the body work. Okay. And so a bunch of people signed that. And there was a bunch of, like, not just... <laughs> Um, like names, but like little notes and stuff on it. It was really, really cool. And what kind of bike was it? It was an SV. Okay. SV650. Twin. Twin, yeah. yep. And uh, so I have to tell you, my first my first time out going out on the track. Sure. So it was really cool because Rocco Landers and Blake Davis were my umbrella girls. And what track was this? This is a Nelson Ledges. Nelson Ledges, okay. Right. After the repave, so it's a, all this a good This is after surface. the repave, yeah, super nice. So, you know, I... I have probably been to more races than most people. Yeah. I go to racing every <laughs> single week, so I understand it. I understand the five board, four board. I understand going out in the track and doing the warm-up lap. I've seen it a million times. But when you're racing for the first time, you know, you got all the jitters and stuff. And so I'm all ready to go, and someone says, hey, it's time to go, time to go, time to go. So I get on the bike, and I take the back stand off, and I start to leave, and I look at the tower, and there's no five board. I said, there's no board. They said, no, 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 go, 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 go. So I leave. I think Jerry uh, Reeves uh, leaves behind me, and uh, I um, go <laughs> I go into turn one. So this is kind of, um, 
it's kind of like a mock mock race. Okay. All right. So it's not really a race, but they're doing this nice thing for me. All right. Sure. So a bunch of people are coming out to it. So people from all different classes and just to go out and do it's almost like a parade lap race. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's a little more. I mean, we're, we're going pr- pretty fast. I mean, fast sure. for me. So so I, so we leave we leave the the hot pit. I get out of hot pit and I look down to turn one. There's red flag. Oh no! Red flag's going, and I'm thinking, what happened? How can there be a red flag? <laughs> we just got onto the course. So I'm thinking, oh, it's it's just celebratory. You know, they're just excited that that I get to be on the track. So I'm going around and I'm waving. I'm waving at all of them. <laughs> cool. The whole track, all of them are waving red flags. So I go all the way around, come around turn ten. And there's Jim Sublet, race director, down at the start finish. He's yeah. he's standing there. I drive up, and to be funny, him and I are pretty close. I park my my front tire like between his legs, <laughs> and he's standing there with his fists on his like red. And I'm and I laugh, and he's like, "What? What the hell are you doing?" I said, "Step my warm up lap." He said, did you see the red flags? <laughs> I said, yes. He said, what do you do when you see a red flag? <laughs> and I said, oh, go into the hot pit. They're going, go in. And uh, he, why didn't you go in? I said, you know. Come to find out, like a bunch of the corner workers hadn't even got to their stands yet. Oh, yeah. And, which is why there was no five board. I see. So, anyway, so... <laughs> I said, well, can I do another lap? <laughs> <laughs> and then come in? So he let me go around and do another lap. And then and then when I got up there, finally got to my spot, and I couldn't remember actually which spot I was supposed to be oh, in. Oh, no. So I got up there, and I just lined up. I knew I was supposed to be next to, and I waited for him to get there, and then I parked next <laughs> to him. So I'm doing everything wrong. And then I, I pop it into neutral. The two board comes down, and I can't get it in. I can't get it in the first gear. Yeah. I'm trying, trying, trying. Right as the, the green flag flew, I popped it in the first and then took off and then just had fun from there on out. Stressful, but huh? It's stressful. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, I it, it was really fun, but those first three races that I ended up doing on that SV, I learned so much about how much has to happen before you even go on the track. All the registration getting your helmet checked, which I found out mine was too old. Oh, yeah. Over you know, five years? It was over. It was like five and a half years or ah. something. It was just over, and I didn't even realize. And they're super I knew, strict. Yeah, they're very strict about it, and I I knew that rule, but I didn't realize my helmet was that old, nor did I at that point know that I was going to be racing, you know, either. Yeah. And, so. and you may have not even had that helmet for five years. You may have bought it when it was a year and a half old. Correct. Exactly. So... Yeah, all the stuff, just the preparation of the the tire warmers and realizing that, you know, an hour and a half or so before you've got to get going on that and what to do with your warmers once you get back and, um, I mean, just on and on. So I, I actually loved all of that. I don't necessarily love doing it myself. I love the knowledge of that and realizing what you as a racer for all these years has been going through that I wasn't really paying attention to. Yeah, it's a lot of things have to line up correctly 
uh, for your for your day to go right. And yeah. if you screw up one of them, it could screw up the next three things you have to do. Yeah, yep, exactly. And I think the other really cool thing is, uh, so it wasn't until I think when I actually went out and did a, like a real, real race after I ended up, I did do the race school and went through all that stuff. I just kind of did it backwards. I did like yeah. my mock race, and then I went to the race school. Okay. And then I had to do another race to get through my, what do you call it, the... Provisional, provisional thing. period, so, two weekends. Yep. And so then my third race, they put me in, which was an actual real race, they put me in senior superbike okay. with the SV. Yeah. yeah. And they're on uh, 1,000s, right? They're on mostly on 1,000s. Some and 600s, there are some 600s, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a 750 or two. So I made sure I went to as many as I could find and said, hey, I don't have to wear it anymore, but I'm wearing my orange shirt. <laughs> I'm on an SV. They put me out here because you guys are supposed to be smart and experienced riders and can get around me. And they said, we don't care. Just hold your line. I oh, said, yeah. okay, all right. Man, I, I remember racing with guys on 250s in the 600 class and, like, Thinking like, wow, that guy's going really slow. Oh, that's a that's a different bike, you know. Yes. And, and just being aware of, you you can definitely spot a different machine, like a different class bike from the back if you've seen it enough times. Yeah. And you can say, okay, well, I gotta watch out for that guy because I have some videos on YouTube just passing people, and the closing speeds are tremendous. Yeah, I know. And it's like, oh, you gotta, you don't think he's coming up that quick, and then all of a sudden he's right in front of you. Yeah. And you got to be careful sometimes. Well, yeah, and I knew that I would be slower than them. Yeah. I didn't realize how much slower. <laughs> yeah. And so, because I, you know, I'm out there, and I know I'm learning. I'm a super green, you know, green rookie. But I, I feel like I'm booking it, yeah. you know. Sure. I'm booking it, and I'm thinking, you know, if I can just not get lapped. Well, halfway through the lap, <laughs> half, halfway through the race, I get lapped. And when they passed me, it was like I was not moving. Yeah. And I went, oh, my word. I just couldn't I couldn't get over it. I must have said wow a hundred <laughs> times in that race. It was so fun yeah. to see that. And that was just another learning experience, you know. I've been at Hot Pit and standing on the straightaway and see those guys come by within a, a foot of me, you know, and think, wow, that is super fast. But it's not like being there. And seeing how fast it is on the track. It was pretty pretty spectacular. And uh, something I think people don't realize is the difference between, say, we're a novice or expert, and then you go to Moto America, and then the difference between Moto America to, like, International World Superbike or MotoGP, like, the gaps are so much bigger. You you look at guys like Cameron Bobier, who's a (laughs) five-time Superbike champion, arguably one of the best guys in the country, goes overseas, and he's... Top 10. That's very good, but, you know, it's maybe top 10 um, is, uh, is the best he can hope for when he's first learning the bike. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's another level. It's one of those things that I, I first saw, and I won't mention any names, but we, we have, we've had some uh, World Superbike guys come and race at Weira, mm-hmm. and they come at Weira, and they just smoke everybody. And <laughs> yeah. you're, you're thinking, before I saw that, I thought our top Weira guys were just that's it that's the pinnacle right there you know because that's all i was seeing and they are fast but then he'd come out and just like beat the living daylights out (laughs) of them well then you know their time has been kind of passed a little bit but still fast then they would go to moto america and come in like 13th right 
and that's when I started seeing what you're talking about. The, the vast difference of levels. And like you said, different guys that have been able to go jump up into either World Superbike and and fill in for somebody or go to like Moto2 or something like that and then, you know, you know, end up some of those guys are just coming dead last yeah. or, or, or whatever. Who are still, dominating. They're still, yeah, they're still great. Yeah. They're still great racers, but they're racing at a, just a different level. I, I come to think to of it. I come to think of it as the differences in, like, I come from playing hockey for a long time. So high school hockey to college hockey to, like, professional hockey. Um, there was a kid who played pro hockey and came to our high school hockey practice. And it was just, it was just like a joke. He was just skating around everybody, <laughs> scoring, like, without even looking, you know. I was like, what is happening? This yeah. is really the level. And you don't realize until you you see it. You see somebody get just slaughtered right in front of you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We, I, the only time I ever experienced it, I mean, other than at the racetrack, um, was when I played basketball. And so in our league, I think at one point I was uh, like a top four uh, in scoring in our class of high school in Northern California. Yeah. And so I was I was real excited about that. Well, then we had to jump up because we went to this playoff. We played a, a different school at a different level. And there was one guy that he was like, you're the hockey guy. Yeah. He could shoot. I felt like anywhere on the court, he would just <laughs> shoot, never miss. And he, the way he dribbled and moved through us, it was like, we're just, you know what, let me just, why don't you play and I'll just go sit on the bench. <laughs> I'll just watch. Just watch it. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Then he ended up playing for uh, Arizona University, and I don't know where he ended, if he ended up in the pros or not, but... Yeah, it was just just a different level. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. For sure. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, I didn't know the answer to this question. I don't. My friend asked me, I said, you're coming over and talking about it a little bit. He said, oh, where does he live? I said, I have no idea. He's always traveling. I don't know if he has a house, actually. <laughs> you know, when I, when uh, usually when someone calls me, their first question is, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. And yes, I have a house. <laughs> I didn't have one until uh, two years ago. You're and, a, nomad, uh, a little bit of a nomad? Well, the two years before that, we actually lived in our camper. And uh, we were looking for a home, but with how our finances work, our taxable income is super low. Mm -hmm. And so we can't get an actual real loan because the, the loan underwriters look at our taxable income and it's like hardly anything and they say well you can't afford a house but it's not true Even though you that's have just the way that looks yeah. and so but through uh, the kindness of someone who uh, did uh, what do you call it he became uh, what's the, it was owner financed he okay. owner financed for us and so we were we we're actually buying the home and and that uh, worked out really great so yeah that's where we're at so you're for now paying him instead of a bank that is correct and uh, actually he ended up passing away and uh, a year last year, and then it went to his friend, and so now we're paying actually him. It's the same setup; it's just different person, different owner. But, yeah, different owner. Okay, yeah. working out really good. Very yeah. good. Lots and, of good uh, questions. You said you were in uh, California before. I was. And yeah. you, do you miss being out there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Is it population density? No, it's just crazy. You know, it's just I think crazy politics, crazy. Uh, yeah, I think the two things that is politics. Well, I'm not going to get into all that stuff. But the other issue is money. I mean, it is expensive high to live tax out rate, there. High, uh, high tax rate, high cost of living, high 
housing, high fuel, high everything. Pollution. High pollution in some areas, not in all the areas. What I do love about it is the weather. The weather's great. And there's a lot of great people out there, too. I have a a lot of friends. i got family out there. Um, the weather's awesome. I've, I've, I lived out there for a total of 23 years okay. and lived in different parts of uh, California and Southern California and the L.A. area. I lived in the Bay Area. And uh, what I loved about it is I could ride my motorcycle. Any time of the year. Right? Anytime. <laughs> I rode it every day of the year. It was, that was my uh, daily ride, and it put a lot of miles on the motorcycle there. And so, yeah, that part of it I really like. And I like to go back and visit. But I don't miss living there. Yeah. Not a home base anyways. Nope. Nope. You know, it's been on my radar. Some some place that seems like a great place to live, aside from the high cost of living yeah. and the high cost of the housing and all that stuff. So I guess it's not maybe the best place to live. Well, it's the, the neat things are there's so much there. I mean, when I lived uh, in, well, when I lived in Northern California, I was about 30 minutes from the ocean. Okay. And maybe... I can't remember for sure. Probably two hours uh, to the Sierras. You can two hours. You could be um, snowboarding and skiing, or you could be laying out on the beach in, <laughs> in 30 minutes. You know that part's cool. It's got so many neat things. I really liked like Hollywood. Yeah. I lived close down there, and we would go down there, and we would often see movie stars, and just go up and introduce yourself and say hi, and you know, meet them, and sure. chit chat a little bit, or. Just seeing all that stuff, I, I love watching TV and movies, and so anytime I was there and see someone that you would see like on TV, that, that was just kind of cool to me. Pretty surreal. So, yeah, kind of surreal. And just a lot of history and kind of cool things there, but yeah, the the living part of it and all that, yeah, just, nah, I'm, I'm super happy to live in North, North Carolina, yeah. For sure. And so, uh, what series do you guys follow? Is it more a la carte? I'm going to just go to whatever rounds I feel like, or is it I'm going to do all the Wira, all the Moto America, some AFT? Yeah. So our our biggest priority is Wira. Okay. Because that's where we started, and so there's a lot of racing there, and uh, so racing is our priority. So I go to pretty much all of the Wira events except maybe a couple every year. And that's usually because there's sometimes two Wira races on the same weekend, one in the north and one in the south. So I've got to pick one or the other. Um, This year, uh, just to try to help out Moto America, and also because there's quite a few Wira people that are racing in Moto America now, I wanted to try to be at all of those events because Moto America has never been able to have in, in in probably maybe five or six years they've not had a, a, a regular chaplain there. That's the same guy all the time. It's yeah. Kind of sometimes me, sometimes it's Ray, sometimes it's Tony, sometimes it's John, and we wanted to try to set some consistency there. So I'll be at almost all of the we're arounds. Which is around, I think, 16 uh, race weekends, and then 10, counting count the tire test, uh, 11 uh, weekends with Moto America. Okay. And, and then, uh, I've, then I've jammed uh, uh, track days in, in between those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you riding at any of those? Do you have any plans to do that? Um, not, uh, yes, at Weira. Probably not Moto America. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> That's anyways. never going to happen. Not yeah. with that attitude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's um, I love being a chaplain. Yeah. You know, and I know racers love to race. 
uh, and I do too. I'm super competitive, but I will never be able to put in the time to be to to race at a real high competitive level. I just don't have the time. Nor that's not what I want to do. Sure. I like to race, yeah. but I would like to race. So like last year, um, the racing community. Well, uh, one person gave me a a Gixxer 600, his okay. race bike. Yeah. And then with Brian Van's help from STG and a bunch of other people who donated a bunch of stuff, they made that bike super nice. And Chad McCauley, you know Chad? Yeah, of course. Chad painted it for me, and it looks amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. I just saw some body work he posted today for his two-wheel yes. Detroit team. Yes, yep, I saw that too. And uh, he just did a, a fantastic job. And so I only got to race that thing once last year. So far. Last year, that was just last year, one okay. time. So this year, I've got to fix the clutch, and once the clutch is fixed, I hope that I can be up to race maybe a little more consistent, so I can get better. And the guys love it when I go out, and yeah. they love beating me. <laughs> the worst thing that they do, I hate it. It makes me smile, but I hate it. Is when they pass me, they always wave, okay, and I can't yeah. stand it. <laughs> yeah, it bugs me. I remember Eddie. Eddie would uh, kind of wave a little do bit that, give a like, little wave. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's saying, goodbye, see you later. No, it's usually like, good job, but I'm like, why are you waving to me? You're like, I'm trying to race you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's great. I, I, I don't really hate it. Uh, just my competitive spirit. Yeah. I would love to be passing them sure. and waving at them when I go by. Yeah. But uh, So hopefully I can do it a little more consistent. Just and. It's fun to be out there, you know, I think the guys appreciate, I think, how much, you know, I, I'm coming as a chaplain, but it helps them to, I think, to know that I appreciate the racing yeah. and all that aspect of it, and I, and I truly do. Yeah, so, so uh, what do you think, uh, or how can you describe the level of intensity between the difference of track days versus your first novice race? Oh, like the yes. on-track, on col not collisions, but clashes. Yeah, it's um, now. So I haven't raced enough to really get into that, but yeah, it's a way different level. It's uh, you know when you go out on a out on the track, except for the very first couple times, you're super nervous. But after that, you're just you just get on your bike and you just go out there and you you try you're working on different things and trying to do stuff and you're just thinking about pretty much yourself you're watching other people but in the when you're racing it's it's like a the senses are heightened a hundred times over yeah am i right oh yeah yeah you're way more nervous you know i don't know it but what's you know the other thing that i saw real quick when you're nervous until the green flag flies and then those nerves go away, and then it's just focus on trying to do the best job that you can and not be an idiot, you know, and just, you know, work your race. And, uh, yeah, it's a, whole, it's a whole different level. Now, people think that motorcycle racers are these crazy people. They must be listening to heavy metal music right before <laughs> and just, like, going crazy in their head. But the reality is, for me anyways, I was always trying to, like, shut my eyes and calm myself down and, like, focus on my breathing and just get my heart rate down and, and no music or anything for me, at least. Are you similar? 
Yeah, I, like I said, I'm so new. I don't have a, any, maybe any pre-race things well, yet. Maybe pre-riding before track days. Yeah, I that. think, I, I can tell you what I've seen. I've seen the whole gamut. <laughs> I've seen guys that look like there is no possible way they can even ride a motorcycle, <laughs> let alone race. But when they get on their bike and they get on the track, they are like an animal. Yeah. And then when they come off the track, they're just back to calm, hardly say any words, just... Go about their business. They almost look bored, <laughs> you know. And then there's the guy that comes out on the track, and I'm watching him, and their eyes are like bugging out of their head. They're like... <laughs> and they're still in the pit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go! You know, and their faces are red and veins are popping out. And they are, you know, guys that are pacing back and forth and back and forth in their pit. Yeah. Hopping on their bike, getting all done, <laughs> go, you know. And uh, and then, even then, they when they get on the track, they kind of settle into it. And, and, and then they're, once in a while, you, you'll see a guy that's just wild out there. And you're thinking, it's just a matter of time. And sure <laughs> yeah. enough, you'll dump it real bad or be, because of that he just can't chill out calm you know? his own own mind down a little bit yeah so i think you know a lot of people are different there are the guys that get on they've got you i go up to say something and i'll see their eyes are closed and they've got their earbuds in and so i just i'll just tap them on the shoulder and keep on going because they're they're trying to you know or they're or they're some guys i'll see them they'll be literally sitting on their bike uh, back on their uh, rear stand, their rear stand still on, hands on the thing, and they're going. <laughs> you know, and they're yeah. working through all the different turns of the track. And, you know, you've seen all that, all different kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. To see. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I'm not too sure. I don't think I'll be the music guy. I think I'd probably be more that guy, just sitting on my bike, just need some quiet before I go out yeah. and think about the track and think about some of the markers and different things that I'm going to be, you know, I'm still learning that process. Of, I'm still learning, seriously, you know, on my FJR out here, when I need to know what gear I'm in, I look down and it says fourth. <laughs> <laughs> on my race yeah. bike, there's nothing. So I'm like, what the heck gear am I in <laughs> You know, I go into go into the you know into sixth gear. And like, oh, I'm already in sixth gear. Yeah. You know. After a while, whatever. you just know in your head, you based know. on your speed and RPM, um, what corner you're in, you should know like what your gear you're in. Um, but that, that comes with time. And yeah. Practice. I figured that, and the interesting thing with that was when I went from the SV to the 600. Yeah. And it's what's weird is I've had four races. Okay. Four total races. Every one of them has been at Nelson Legends. Yeah. So when I would come out of turn four, there was, I don't remember now, but there was a certain gear that I was in on the SV. And it changes from bike to bike. I didn't know that <laughs> until it happened. When I got in the 600, I made sure I was in that same thing, and the 600 was going, whoa. It was bogging down. Whoa. I'm like, what the heck happened there? Yeah. And it just didn't click. And I did it again, and that um, was during the... Um, practice yeah and i remember coming in and i mentioned it to mike davis and he said well you're in a four cylinder now not a two, not a two cylinder you need to rev that thing up you need to try to he's his words were you need to try to blow up the engine 
and it clicked. And man, I went out and it was a gigantic difference. Oh yeah, and, yeah. So it was so cool to come out of that back carousel with actually some power. The engine you screaming, know, screaming. Yeah. So that was cool. It was, you know, it's just learning stuff that I need to learn. I already, I kind of really know. I know it, but I don't have enough experience to interject the knowledge that I've got to, you know, figure that stuff out. So and It takes a while to get comfortable with it and, you know, to feel like you can actually get on the power how you want to. Yeah. It takes some time. I had a hard time in that carousel, too, because to me it's long. It's like it's used to such be, a long You're talking about the left-hander or the right-hander? The right-hander, hander, all the way in the back. Yeah. Well, before they, that back stretch. Both of them. Both the left-hander yeah, and then left. the right-hander, yes. they used to be super, super bumpy. And you'd just be like... Not anymore. Praying that the, yeah. you just, it sticks because like there's not a whole lot of runoff on either one of those turns. Yeah. So I, when I would go around, I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look through the turn, but then I'm like... Oh, and this. And I still remember coming back around. That was another practice round. That may be my second practice round. And I told Kayla, Kayla was, uh, Kayla Yakov was there. And uh, she said, how did it go? And I said, well, pretty, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little better, but I'm terrible in that carousel. I keep looking through the turn, and I'm looking at the tire wall back. She said, you can't do that. (laughs) She's like, serious, you can't look at the tire wall. What are you doing? Then she proceeded to tell me several different things to do in that carousel. Yeah, different points. And to I look wanted at. to say, "Shut up, kid! You're <laughs> you 13. Yeah. What do you know?" Which I know she knows a ton. So I went out there, did what she said. I improved my lap time by five and a half seconds. Woo! It was amazing. From one corner change. Yes. Yeah. So I told her, I said, "You're going to be my coach from now on. <laughs> I'll listen to you from now on." But so yeah. something that amazes me that I quite haven't quite understood how to articulate yet is how is it that children with almost no real experience can be so much faster than people who have been riding for 40 years i don't mean to put anybody down it's just like look at marquez when he stepped on the scene you look at all these newcomers who are just they have something but they have almost no experience but they're fighting for the lead sometimes so how is that possible i don't know i i don't know if it's how they think I know a lot of ki- kids, young kids, they they have very little fears. They don't fear anything. They don't. I know when I was in junior high and high school, I could ride dirt bike and I, I could jump. I could do anything on that thing. And then I went for a while, didn't ride, and I had I got married and I had a little baby. Mm-hmm. And then I went dirt biking. And I went to jump on a ramp and I just skidded to a stop. <laughs> I couldn't even jump. Because I think because I started thinking about, well, if I crash and I can't go to work, then I can't take care of my baby and I can't take care of my wife. And you have all those thoughts where a kid doesn't. He doesn't. But even that, there's some kids that aren't very good. Yeah. You know, that just, you know, I think, you know, let's take Kayla, for instance, and even... I know Stefano is older now. He's not a baby kid. Stefano Mesa? Stefano Mesa. Yeah. But these guys, both of them, they go to tracks. I don't know if there's a weekend they're not on a track. Yeah. And if, and if Kayla's not, she's home, and she has a track there. They ride and ride and ride and ride and ride and ride. Just, you can't even imagine how many laps they have. And I think that's part of, you know, why some of them are so good. Their parents are able to get to them to the tracks over and over and over and 
And some of them just have a talent, you know. I felt like that for you. You you just had a, a natural ability, and you, a, a just a natural ability where guys will come out. There was a guy in a track day. His name is Skyler. He came and Skyler Cop. Yeah. Yeah. And he came in and he rode, and I thought, what the heck? And just the next thing you know, within maybe a a track day or two, he's an advanced rider. Yeah. And then he's racing and doing well. Wow. <laughs> How does he do that so fast? You know, and some people just get it. Yeah. And, and it's, I don't know if it's their personality or how they think or what but yeah it is interesting for sure i appreciate the compliment you know i for me i always felt like uh i just had this confidence and i had never been riding since i was a child i didn't have that uh two-year-old experience on a dirt bike um i started riding uh bicycles from a very young age and that was my thing for a long time i rode bikes bikes everywhere but nothing motorized until maybe 13 14 years old i started riding my dad's 250 scooter it was a Kimeco People 250. Yeah. I, I rode that all around the street. Um, got my endorsement, you know, at 14, nine months as soon as I possibly could. Sweet. You know, I was driving myself to hockey practice before I had a license because <laughs> it was right down the road and I had nobody else to, to get me there, yeah. you know. So I, I had that instilled um, responsibility from a young age, I guess, to you can't screw this up because, yeah. you know, whatever. And so uh, um, bought, a, bought a motorcycle when I was 16 before I bought a car, and uh, rode, I read the twist of the wrist like four times, from wow. cover to cover, uh, Keith Code, you know, and uh, it was always a battle with my parents for me getting a motorcycle in the first place. I didn't come from a racing family. They didn't want me to have a bike, so I always had to prove that I was going to do it safely. So I was like, let me look into this. Let me research what's the right way to do it. I don't know. How do you apply the throttle? You just whack it open? I don't know. So yeah. uh, the the... Keith Code's book gave me a lot of confidence in that this is what you're supposed to do. Well, I'm going to do exactly what he told me, you know. Every time you apply the throttle, you open it smoothly, consistently, throughout the remainder of the corner um, so that you don't, uh, you know, cut the throttle or you know, slam, stab on the brakes. you got to be smooth with your controls. And learning those things, even from a book, um, for me, that helped. You know, because I didn't have the real-world uh, tools to ap- to apply it right. at the time. So once I ab- was able to get a motorcycle, I was like, I already know what to do with this. Do you miss it? Absolutely. Do you miss racing? Absolutely. Are you, are you ever planning to come back? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yep. Right. Um, so right now... What's I'm, it going to take? What's it... Is there a, a, some steps that you want to see done in your life before that happens again? Yeah. I mean, I could get back to the track tomorrow, but then I'd, you know, blow the rest of my money. Yeah. So I'm trying you want to, to be a little more financially. Yeah, it all comes down to money. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to buy a house. Okay. I'm trying to buy a new truck. Um, trying to save up some extra cash in the bank, and then I got to buy a new motorcycle, a trailer, money for track days, and money for racing. Yeah. So it's like those things I just mentioned. That's like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. It's a lot. For a down payment, a truck, racing. It's like a hundred grand. So uh, I'm trying to build my business, ericswanracing.com. It's it's doing really well right now. I think I'm on pace for the best month I've ever had. Awesome. Um, and I'm still working a, a normal job, uh, 6 to 2. And then I come home and work my business from 2.30 to question mark. Or yeah, <laughs> usually whatever, six whatever it takes. Usually so. 6 o'clock. And then I stop for dinner and then 
you know, relax for and an hour. And then you play on PlayStation. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. How much money is that costing you? Uh, well, I don't have to pay for it anymore. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. No, I mean, when you could be working, in, but you're... Oh, you, yeah, well, So I'm joking with no. him, because the first thing he had me do when I walked in his house was sit down on this cool seat with this awesome steering wheel, and we played, what, what do we call it? Was so it it's, Gran- uh, it's just Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo, yep. that's what I thought it was. Yep, it's Gran Turismo for PlayStation 4, and I have a Fnatic uh, wheel and pedals with uh, a bass and you know, racing seat and all that stuff. Oh my gosh, it was and, a blast. Uh, uh, my, here's my justification. I'm not racing for the next couple of years, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy, buy this no. sweet rig so I can practice and still, be, cool. and still be fast and, like, prove that I can... And without and killing yourself, too. And yeah. not spend thirty grand a, um, a year at the track. Spend, yeah. you know, 2500 yeah. and be and have that for 10 years. That, you know? that, was, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me do that. You're welcome. Well, I always like to have people try it out. Um, a lot of people think it's like Mario Kart and you don't have to break for yeah. racetracks if they're not familiar with it. I'm going to back up and answer something else. You know, you said how, how these kids come in and yeah. do so good. You know what a little bit of it is, I think, is I, I was thinking about how that a couple of years ago I got to go to the Yamaha Champions Riding School and I rode out at uh, the Indy Raceway in Arizona. And I'm out there riding. There's a ton of stuff we learned. It was super good. And thankfully, because there's no other way, someone invited me, and I said, well, I said, oh, okay, cool. So I got on looked at the price. Yeah. And said, well, that's never going to happen. Probably like $1,000 or it's something. It's two grand. Wow. For two days, that's if you use their bike. Okay. It's a little bit less Fly if you bring in. your own bike. Yeah. yeah. But it costs a lot to get there. But I tell you what, someone paid for me to go. If you are someone of means and you have money, I can guarantee you it's worth every single penny. I mean, there were people there at all different levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just real quick, one of the things that I really struggled in, at least I didn't think I was struggling in it, is going around the track and they, we would stop and work even on the track and different things. And they'd say, Mark, you gotta, you got to get your butt off the seat. Okay, body position. Well, literally, when I went there, that's what I wanted to work on. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to do this so no one has to tell me. <laughs> well, then that's the first thing they tell me. Get your butt off the bike. And in my mind, I thought, what's he say? What's, what's he know? Yeah. My butt is off. I feel like I'm dragging my butt on the ground. <laughs> so I ride again. I'm working on it. The second time, they tell me. Mark, you gotta get you, you gotta get off the seat. And now, and I'm not saying I'm like okay, okay, smiling, put my chaplain smile on. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like these guys are nuts. So later on in the day, we have uh, it's video time. Okay. So we go in this classroom. Everybody gets in the hot seat, and they show the video on the big screen. Like and a they, community setting. Yep, yep, and there's you know. 20, 22 people there, and they're all watching you or another person get critiqued while they're going around. They'll stop and go, hey, that was really great what you did there. Okay, look at him as he goes through the turn, blah, 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 this and that. Eh, Maybe you should hit that apex a little bit sooner or later, whatever. So they get me up there, and in my mind I'm thinking, now they're going to see. (laughs) (laughs) So they show the video. I'm going through the turns, literally my butts on the center of the seat. <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away by how wrong I was. And and I thought 
I literally thought my butt is completely off the seat and it's completely on it. So I, my point is, is I think the older we are, sometimes it's harder for us to learn, harder for us to take instruction from other people, and we get set in a certain way, and we just, we know what we're doing. Whereas a kid, you know, can be a little more, what's the word, malleable or a sponge and be... And take things from the adult who they might respect and go, oh, well, you, oh, I need to get off my seat. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll get off my seat, and then they drag their knee. Right. You know. Well, so for me, uh, I thought it was so valuable to have the video, but also the photos, just to see photos of yourself, to yeah. see those, get those first track day pictures, and you think you're killing it, and you're like in the middle of the seat, like not even leaning, doing one of these. Yeah. Like, oh no! I hope nobody sees that picture. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when everybody saw you doing it, yeah, know, during the whole day long. For sure, and yeah. then you don't realize what you're doing until you see it from another angle. And so, what helped me a lot for getting my body position to where I wanted it was to uh, feel like a cartoon character, act like you're doing it to the nth degree yes. possible, like ec- accentuate it as far as you possibly can, because because that's really what the top guys are doing. They can't put their elbow any farther. They're, they're going as far as they can with things, and that's what you should do with your own body, too. That's exactly how I thought about it, because I thought about when I went to college and I had to do a speaking class, they said the bigger the, bigger the crowd, the bigger your movements. So if I'm talking to you going, you know, you need to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm talking to you, but if I'm talking to a thousand people, I'm going, and you guys need to do this <laughs> when you're doing this and this and this. But it's really and weird. And I thought about that yeah. when I went to ride my bike. I thought sure. I've got to, ex- I've got to like really get off of it. And then yeah. I got off like two inches, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it did get better for sure. It definitely feel, feels weird though when you're doing it. It's uh, something you got to get used to. Yeah. And and for me. Um, I was always trying to learn because I didn't know. It's like just teach me. I'll tell do, tell me what I need to do. Just tell me, you know. And and I'll try to try to do that with either the line or the body position. Or who do you feel like you learned from maybe the most in your uh, who or or who 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 are a couple of people that you felt like really invested in you as a racer? Uh, I'd say definitely David Gray was a big one. I was hoping you're going to say that. Yeah, he's probably yeah. the number he's, one guy for many people. He's I'd awesome. Say. Yeah. Um, even Richard Harris yeah. gave me a lot of feedback and a lot of advice and, like, do this with this turn. Or a lot of friends, like, you, even if um, your friend isn't the best rider ever, you can you can ride with them and, and learn from them. Um, like my buddy Al, he, I, he came on the podcast. He's a friend of yours as yes. well. Mm-hmm. We would go out in certain sessions, and I would show him a wheel. Like, hey, I can pass you here. You can go faster. And then we would both go faster from, from doing that, you know. Um, and uh, it's, it's just so valuable to have those people out there helping you, uh, helping you go faster. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you said that even learning from people who aren't uh, maybe as gifted as you are, there's still things that you can learn from them. You can learn from other people's mistakes as well. Yeah. I think that's, uh, when I think about that, I think that's humility. You know, one of the things when it comes to racing, there is no place for pride in yeah. racing. Man, that track will <laughs> put you down in a hurry. And I've seen it. I've, I saw a guy at Tally one time, 
he was bragging up a storm. Yeah. And he was new. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, oh no. my word. And he was saying, yeah, I saw this one guy, but, man, I'm going to crush him when I go out there. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and, and I'm no joke, that poor guy crashed in his first lap of the race, and he was done for the weekend. And uh, it changed him, though. I think it, it helped him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between confidence, you know, being confident or uh, and pride. It, it's yeah. Pride just, man, it doesn't work. And yeah, I guess struggle. there's definitely there's a difference between being cocky outwardly and being confident silently. Correct. Right, because yes. I, I think I have a some sort of silent confidence in me that I, I'm not going to go brag or, or bash someone like at a race event I would never think of doing that but it's maybe at hockey it's different like hockey yeah. anything goes because it's, it's just different <laughs> it's a totally different atmosphere yeah and that's part of it right a little bit of trash talking yeah a little there. bit of trash yeah. talking that hockey is normal but yeah. in racing that's like yeah. unheard of maybe yeah. in some circles yeah I don't know I've seen it a little bit like in the grid like someone would say Hey, number fifty-two. You know, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you know, but they're they're kind of doing it in fun, though. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't. You don't see that too much. Yeah, I did. I saw it with that one guy, and man, I knew it. I just knew. I, I should have just gone out onto the track myself and just waited there. You know, <laughs> say what is going to happen. Wait, just here, here, yeah, get just some wait. popcorn. Nope, there it goes. Okay, <laughs> all right, I'll try to help him out. But yeah, uh, yeah, no place for pride at the racetrack. Uh, there's always someone faster. There's always gonna someone gonna show you up on on uh, shittier machinery with less money, right? <laughs> yeah, every time. And I think it's a sport that you you never stop learning. Never. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it at the pro level. I saw it with Richard Harris and um, Jason DeSalvo. Yeah. I got to be there at Tally with just the three of us. They were going around the track I was doing I was going to do Jason's uh, interview he was my very first interview okay and I was going to I was just waiting for him and I got to watch him just duking it out on the track just the two of them and then they would come in and I, I came down from the silo and I went over and I would just stand in like off to hear what they were going to say and then I went over and sat down probably 10 feet from them and they were going at it like like just like this yeah so yeah, uh, Jason, man, when you went into, came out of turn three, man, your body position was really off. He's like, really? Yeah. All right, now i got to work on that. And I thought, Jason DeSalvo's got to work on something? <laughs> you know, and then Jason would tell Richard, yeah, when you came in farmhouse turn there, you know, I thought, man, you were going to, like, die because you were blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And it was just so cool to see excellent riders struggling through things and learning from each other man that was uh that was a huge thing for me to see that and it, it was just great and i i think if every racer has that mentality then the sky's the limit on what they're able to do yeah absolutely um so before we get any further i wanted to say um is there anything you wanted to talk about today anything on your mind um that's a good question yeah, there's something I always wish someone would ask me. So when I do a podcast at the at the end, they always I give them questions. I say, "Here's the questions I'm going to ask you. They're basic, yeah. and this, these questions will probably lead into a hundred other questions. Who knows what it's going to be?" But I always ask them that towards the end, they get to ask me a question. 
just some question they want to ask me, and there have been some pretty pretty cool questions, and some of them have caught me off guard. <laughs> but you know, I think one of the one of the hardest things that I have found as there's there's several things that are difficult about being a chaplain at the track. One of the difficult things, one of the biggest ones for me, is um, I'm a chaplain to everybody at the track, all of them, mm-hmm. every racer. Every official, every owner, track owner, every corner worker, whoever I have contact with, I am a chaplain to them. And my my goal, if I can, is to serve them, help them, love them, whatever. What really gets difficult is if you come to me and you say, Joe Schmo over here sold me a bike, told me it was one way. And it wasn't. That guy lied to me. He he ripped me off probably six grand. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do, but I'm telling you right now, I hate that bleepity bleep 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 bleep, you know. Sure. And I've gotten that type of thing many times. Uh, I've had other situations where, you know, someone's super angry at so-and-so because they did such-and-such to them. Well, then they see me going over there, or they'll come into a restaurant, and I'm having dinner with that person. And that really ticks them off. And uh, I, that's the hard part for me. It's, you know, I'm there for every single person, no matter. They could be doing the dumbest, stupidest stuff, but that's why I'm there. Right. I'm there to try to help them. If I know what the situation is, sometimes I don't always know that, you know, you're ticked off at so-and-so because, blah, blah, blah. what's the chaplain <laughs> spending time with them for? Well, I'm spending time for them because we all need help, right? They, they think you're double-dipping, right? <laughs> but in, yeah. in reality, you're just, if they're really the person uh, with a problem, so to speak, then they need the help more than the person who's complaining about the yeah. person. But it doesn't even mean that. I'm even sometimes aware of it or yeah. that I'm with that person to try to fix that certain problem <laughs> that you have with them. That's not what I'm necessarily what I'm doing. Right. But that's a hard thing for me, you know. Balancing those friendships Balancing versus the drama. The, yeah, there you go. The, yeah. 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 And so that's a that's always a tough thing and uh um I think part of the one of the things that I am trying to wade through is I am I don't have the gift of administration. I am not a super organized person where I've got all my ducks in a row. Um, I like to live by the seat of my pants. And sometimes as a chaplain, it's, it's a good, that can be a good thing because you never know what's going to get thrown your way or what's going to happen. And someone who's organized can't stand that because sure. they like things, you know, you don't throw that at me because I'm doing this right now, you know, <laughs> but what's, you know, when we have, we have ministry probably when you think of Moto America and all the different aspects and people there, Wira, all the people and different aspects of all the people at the track and all the different um, track day things and all the different people that come to those things. I'm not, I'm not counting fans. We prob- There's probably close to 3,000 people. Wow. And so over a course of nine years, you're developing relationships with as many of these people as you can. Yeah. And they're coming at you from all different angles and asking for help with this, prayer for this, you know, that type of thing, which I love. Yeah. One, 
put it in Brian Van's words, 100%. I <laughs> 100% love that and would never want that to stop, ever, never. Is it growing for you? But, yeah, but I, it's sometimes trying to keep track of all that. You know, I've had someone one time, and this happened a couple of years ago. This guy came to me and said, man, he said, thanks, Mark. Thanks for praying for me. Man, this thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, oh, what, did I do that? what was I praying about for this guy? I had, I had no clue. I had not one clue. I just said, man, that's awesome. Glad God answered prayer, and you're doing great. But I had no earthly idea what he was talking about. Sure. And I felt horrible, horrible about that. But... So those are the things that I'm trying to do, just different things organizationally at home to keep track of those things so I can do a better job at following up and following through. Sure. So, but yeah. Makes sense. Those are just some of the challenges, little challenges. So. And uh, you're online uh, many different places. Yes, uh, meaning exactly what? Uh, where can people find you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, so there's Raceline Ministry, and it's not, sometimes people call it, Ministries like IES, it's Plural. just ministry okay. with a Y. RacelineMinistry.com. They can go out there on there, and it, you know, it's got my phone number. My, if you want to come rob my house, you can do it. It's pretty well actually. It's my house is pretty secure. You might, uh, you might die or something if you actually came in there when I wasn't there. Booby traps. Yeah, there's booby traps everywhere. <laughs> I can see you. I can. I have cameras everywhere. I actually do. So I'll, I'll get you. I'll find you wherever you are. No, but anyways, I'm easy to find, and uh, yeah, the podcast, if you're interested in the podcast, it's, that's called, it's actually called Raceline Podcast, so if whatever podcast thing you like to listen to, you put that in the search and it should pop up. And, uh, Spotify, Pandora, Apple, iTunes, all that. Yep, all that stuff, it's on all of that, and uh, so yeah, we do different things on there, so I always do a chapel service every Sunday. Whether I'm at the track or not, it's always at 10 o'clock Eastern. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, then um, um, I put that on Monday. Tomorrow it's not going to happen because I'm going to be driving home, so yeah. it won't go on until Tuesday. And then Thursday is a little Bible study that pops up, and then Saturdays are when the, there it goes. <laughs> but we still have that camera, right? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, still good. Still going. So... And then the track talk is what I call the thing, kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, comes up on every Saturday. So. Okay. Trying to stay uh, consistent with it. And I try to stay, day. yeah, I try to stay very consistent. That's what the podcast people say. Figure out a time and then do it every, do it the same every time. And so that's what I'm trying to do. It's not always very easy yeah. with the schedule, but I've been able to stick with it pretty well. You know, when I first started, I said I'm going to do post one one every Friday. That didn't happen. I mean, <laughs> I did actually more for a while than I than I planned on doing. It's a lot of work, really, isn't it? it is, I mean, yeah. just to think through what you want to do at the interview, and then just doing the interview, and then especially with you, you've got to do some video editing. Yep. You know, because there's certain things maybe get said and you don't, or whatever something happens, and you got to find that and edit it out, and then you got to upload it and. Yep. It's it's challenging. So. For me, I mean, I haven't really been uh, doing much editing. All I do is like splice the beginning and the end, and then throw in my little intro. Mm -hmm. um, but for the ones that are via Zoom, are actually way easier to do because there's only one camera angle. You're not switching the cameras. That's true. And for this one, I'll be me melding 
four videos and audio together. Okay. Which um, you just press a button and they usually sync together, oh, and then you can nice. you can just change the feed. What software do you use for that? Uh, DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve. It's all free. Okay. Um, it's just a free download, and uh, I use it on this one, my main laptop, and cool. then you just switch the feeds once it's all synced. And but but then so it'll it'll have to take as long as it took you to record it yeah. to edit it because you have to go through it manually switch the feeds. But yeah, I think the interview just like this has been fun because there are people that I thought that I knew pretty well. Yeah. And when I did the interview, I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't <laughs> know this. I, there was like a ton of things I did not know about them, like big things. Sure. And uh, so I've really liked it. And it seems so far that the community is really liking it as well because they're the same thing for them. You know, at the track, as you know, there's very few times that you can sit down with one person and talk for a while. Yeah. It's just little sound bites that you get, right? <laughs> little just snippets little, here and little there. Little snippets here and there. Once in a while you do. You know, during the evening you might be able to sit around and but a lot of times you're sitting around with five or six people and you're just still it's just little tidbits here and there. Yeah. And so anyways, but that's been a fun part, uh, doing that. Yeah. Challenging. Very different, for sure. Yeah, at the track, it's uh, much more disjointed, and you're just trying to get things done, and then eat, and then go to sleep, and then yeah, some people leave in for hotels. Yeah, especially if it's racing, too. People are focused on racing, Yeah, and, th and that's the way it should be. You yeah. Know, so, But anyways, yeah, so I, I've enjoyed doing that. It's been a, a good thing. It's a good, just a good discipline for me to have things that I've got to have done at certain times, and um, you know, the studying part of it for me when it comes to doing the Bible type things have been, you know, good. I've learned a lot from that. So, anyways, it's it's good. But, yeah, it certainly is a, a challenge sometimes, especially <laughs> now that racing is, like, going yeah. full on. Just so, starting up again. We've been going for a while. This is my, really my last weekend that there's no racing until, I think, the third weekend of August. Okay. So the rest of the weekends are completely full up into that. And yeah. then I go again. There's no break from that uh, weekend until, I think, uh, the first weekend of December. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Full on. Full on. 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my plan is uh, I'm just saving a whole, up a bunch of money trying to buy a house, buy a truck. Um, my next motorized purchase is going to be a dirt bike. I'm planning on getting a 50cc. Oh, and sweet. there's a local kart track two miles from here that I'm probably going to, they have timing and scoring. And like Jeff O'Berry and Carl Soltes, they oh, all race cool. there, and uh, John Hawkins. Oh, nice. And I think Christy Lee does that sometimes. And that's pretty good training, too. It's phenomenal. It? Like, I, I haven't done it yet, but all my friends do it, and tons of racers do it, and it's very cheap. Devin Perlin Fine oh, yeah. used to do that, I think. Yep. Um, and they've all told me, like, you need to do this. It's super cheap. Like, you can buy a brand-new bike, 2021, for, like, $1,600. Oh, wow. And put some, you know, street tires on it, maybe change the handlebars, and you're good to go. A lap timer, my lap's lap timer. Uh, I might get my own separate lap timer so you can see, you know, the data. Yeah. Um, and I sell those now through my website. Nice. So I can get at least the cost <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I plan on getting a 50 in the next couple months, and then a 150 or a 100. Like an XR100. I lost that one, too. Uh, <laughs> how, how old are you now? I am 29. I just turned 29. 29. So if you could choose a time, well, I mean, you'd go, come back tomorrow, like you said, but yeah. when when it comes to road racing, 
Is there a certain timeline? Would you like like in a year or three years or two or? So four? ideally, if uh, you if you could choose that time frame, if I could choose, what would it be? It would be tomorrow. Yeah, um, I know that. But realistically, realistically, what, what my plan choose? is, um, if nothing changes with my job, and I have two renters now, and I hope to buy a house and have more renters of you know more okay, rooms cool. to rent, yeah. type of thing is that's the goal. Um, I, I hope, and I shoot. For mid 23, oh, I should sweet. be doing track days again, um, with the goal to do a full season in 2024. Okay, so good. So, so it's on the schedule already. Three years. Two, two to three two and years. A half, two, two and a half, three years. Awesome. I should be back at the road racing scene if nothing changes, and if nothing changes with the acceleration of my business, which I I expect it to. Um, this month, I'm on pace for fifteen thousand dollars in sales this month. Oh wow! Which Great. is the, my best month ever. Awesome. Um, I, I've just been able to hit um, five-figure months recently, awesome. which is huge for me. Good. Um, you Are know, you doing this and just by yourself? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I've had you know family members volunteer help um, here and there, um, but right now it's just me and I have one other guy in India who is working full time. Oh. Um, so we're in constant communication. Uh, you know, five days a week, back and forth, and like what I'm... How did you meet up with that? Guy? There's companies that do that, that yeah. just okay, offer online uh, virtual services. And it's worked out pretty good? And it's been working for over a year now. Great. And uh, awesome. it's, it's because I can't do everything myself. There's a certain point where it's just like, I can't do it all. Yeah. There, you know, we have access to 11,000 products through my business that I just don't have all of them listed for sale because it, it takes time for each individual one. I was going to ask you how long you you can do this without getting more help, you know. So it's pretty exciting because actually the model that I'm choosing, the whole dropship model, is eventually, I think, automatable to a certain degree. Like I, I can, the whole point of me doing this particular model is that I believe it can be automated to the point where I can walk away from it and and monitor it at a, at an arm's length and not have to be in the opera the daily operations of it because I've already written and you know compiled a I think it's 80 page manual for every single thing that I do for the business I don't need to be able to I don't need to physically do it anymore. So I can teach someone else if it's written down, cool. if it's repeatable, it's on, you know, there's, how do you do, how do you do this? Oh, look at page 14. You know, I don't have to sit there next to you and teach you how to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it's not perfect, obviously, uh, but I've been doing this for uh, five, six years now, and it's getting better. You know, I started selling takeoff tires, and I realized that I had sold every single takeoff tire that I had used at the racetrack. And wow. Like, I got something here. Yeah. Let me, and that was through Craigslist. And let me, let me try selling them on eBay. And then I started buying people's takeoff tires. These are all Joe Craft's takeoff tires right oh, here. Oh, cool. I haven't inventoried them yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's working out. And I'm trying to get away from the consignment and do more of the drop shipping. And, okay. And if I do solely drop shipping, I don't have to have any shelving. And I can be anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's really cool. So uh, it's cool that you've done this. Nice job, by the way, and and the fact that you, it's your business and you can 
kind of work your hours like you want to work them, and you have a little bit of freedom there. But I mean, you still got to work because you got to make it. You got to yeah. make it happen. Yep. You got to get back to the track. For right? sure, yeah. That's, so that's very cool. You know, I uh, it was very frustrating for a while that sponsorship really wasn't working for me. I mean, I had 20 sponsors, but it wasn't. You know, most companies don't write you checks. Right. Most people give you free product or services, or, which is tremendously or, helpful. Or percentages or off. Or percentage things. discounts. Right. Which are very helpful, but sure. they don't pay the bills. Right. So for me, I felt like I was failing a little bit with the whole racing and not being able to fund it. So me taking a step back, I, I never went bankrupt or, or into debt from racing. I, I wanted to stop, and that's why I stopped after my crash, because I didn't have the money to buy a new brand new bike and then all the race events. Yeah. So um, I said, let's, let's focus on building a business that can help fund all of this hobby at the moment. And... Uh, and regroup and get back into it when I can. So cool. it's, it's been a heartbreaker for me not to be racing for the last six years. But in the in the meantime, has I've done it been that long? It's been six years. Are you kidding me? Since However, you, since you had that crash at uh, at um, Grand Raceway. Oh, long. I was think I was today. I was thinking actually on my way here. I was thinking how long's that been? And I thought is it two or is it three years? It's been six. six. Oh my word. Um, that was a bad crash, too. It was a nasty one. Um, seven bones, collapsed lungs, dislocated shoulder, concussion. Yeah, coming up out of, is it 10? Or what do they 10 call a, that? 10A, the right-hander. Yeah. Uh, I was coming about to your... turn left, then that dip. Yeah. And just got on the grass a little too hard and right into the guardrail. No air fence. And just a little piece of foam. It's yep. not really foam. <laughs> yep, I remember. They were very clearly. Yeah, that was a scary one. That did not look good. It's one of those that you think, oh my word, this is not, this is not what I'm hoping it's going to be, and it wasn't. Thank God, and you, yeah. you survived it. And, yeah. I I remember I just remember passing Jeremy Kalowski, and then nothing else. That's it. Huh? It just I passed him, and then I woke up in the hospital or the ambulance or something. Yeah, and then okay, so that's when you started. It was either in the ambulance or on the or at the hospital. Or you're not sure. I think I think I woke up in the ambulance and I was transferred to a different ambulance. Okay. And then the hospital, it's kind of splotchy. Yeah, you know? that was wild. Yeah, I've I've spent a lot of time with guys and that have no recollection of me being there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember. Um, I don't remember if I remember you there. Or if, or if somebody told me and I remember you. It's probably your parents. You know? Because you're, you're, I think it was your, I want to say it was your dad that I met. I think it was the first time that I had met your dad. Okay. Was down at the hospital there in Grand yeah. Rapids. Yeah. Buttersworth, I think. What's that? I think it was Buttersworth. I think so. Yep, I think so. I, I can remember being in the hospital, but not for sure exactly which one. I just remember being there and seeing you in your room and seeing your dad. Yeah. Rough stuff, man. It's just part of the, unfortunately, it's a part of the adventure of road racing. It is. Sure. You know, for the longest time, I had always pegged myself as a good crasher because I had been, you know, a crash and you get up and you're fine. You walk away, you might have a bruised, you know, hip or something, but you're otherwise pretty fine. Um, the only other time I had gone to the hospital from a crash was from a dislocated thumb. Hmm. So not really, in, not 12, in 12 crashes, um... One dislocated thumb, and then one bad one. Yeah. It is amazing what the guys at the track survive, the crashes. Yeah. <laughs> when you go and you see the bike, and sometimes I've seen the bike first, 
and think, oh, man, <laughs> what, is the, what are they going to look like? And then, you know, they're sitting in the back in the ambulance. I'm okay, Chappie. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> just yeah. just write my name, sign in this paper. I'm like, okay, great. You know, and then other other times the bike looks fine and the person's just trashed, you know. Well, I don't know if you uh, were able to watch any of the events from uh, Portugal this weekend from MotoGP. Nope, I wish. But uh, there were some pretty nasty crashes. Jorge Martin, the guy yeah. on the Ducati, the rookie, the rookie sensation, who was leading the race in Qatar. Well, he crashed out pretty bad and uh, turned three, I think it was. I think he just he high-sided. But that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was when he hit the gravel. Then it started, like, everything, uh. like, the bike exploded. Uh, he started flipping pretty bad, and and he broke his... I think he broke his foot and his and his wrist maybe. Oh, um, man. But sometimes it's like the gravel is your worst enemy because yes, it slows you down and, and it prevents you from hitting the wall. But if there was just more pavement there, he probably would have been fine. Maybe he could have slid. He would have slid for another slid. 50 feet and yeah. then been pissed off and then got yeah. up and and you know probably needed a scooter ride back to the pit area. Yep. The yep. bike was done. Yeah. But um, sometimes when you hit that gravel, it ma- it, it makes things go. Rip, rip away from the bike and sometimes the rider. Yeah, you, I've seen it. Like, I think it was at Barber where a guy was doing good. He, he said, man, I hit the ground. I was just sliding, waiting for it to stop, and then I hit the curbing. Yeah. And then it just, you know, broke his hip. and Oof. Yeah, just a mess. But he thought, he said, I thought I had it made. I was like, yes, <laughs> it's the good kind of crash. And yeah. wham! And, you know, tumble and tumble and tumble. Yeah. yeah. it's uh, You just never know. And if you can keep those... Low sides, low. Yeah. You know, but man, when that sucker kicks you off, and high sides, you know, who knows what's happening? Sometimes you're along for the ride. And it's funny talking to some of those guys too, because they said, "Hey, you'll they'll say, hey, I, I think I just got high sided. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking down on my bike and it's flipping, and I'm fl- and I'm sorry." He said all these things that I'm thinking in a split second. Yeah. You know, it's funny kind of hearing the narration. You know, it's kind of be cool if you could actually get that recording yeah. and listen to it. You it's know? like a movie. You know, I've I've had those uh, the slow mo moments where yeah. everything slows down. I've definitely a few times in my life. One of them that sticks out is really weird. I was I was playing uh, like uh, pick up football in the street at my friend AJ's house when I was ten years old, and somebody threw a, like a a beam, a bullet of a spiral, and I remember catching it, and it was just like this slow motion. Like <laughs> You know, event in my life. And the life. crowd was cheering. Yeah, there's nobody to there. You know, just you know, I just remember it slowed down. I was like, that was like, what happened? I, I, it's physically slowed down for me. Did nobody else see that? <laughs> and then there was when I, I remember uh, one time when I high sided at Pittsburgh. It, it slowed down. I was above the bike, and everything was like slow. And this, like, this is not good. Yeah, you know, this, this is gonna <laughs> this hurt is when not, I hit the ground. Why yeah. am I not on my bike anymore? <laughs> Oh, man, I hope I have no experiences like that. I don't want any, you know, anyways, yeah, it's something else. So your mind is saying this is really, really important. We should slow things down for you so you can take it all in. I know. Because what's happening. I guess. It is weird. I I had one time where I thought, I, I came home from church when I was working at a church in San Jose, and I came home and I sat down, and I, I'd been feeling fine, and then all of a sudden, Everything started coming in black. Yeah. And I thought, I thought I was dying. Yeah. 
And it was like this movie thing of my kids and my wife and my mom and my brother. And I was thinking of things when I was growing up. And, I'm, and I was thinking, oh, no, this is going to be all gone. It's going to be all gone and all gone. And it got closer and closer, and then it stopped. And I'm like, okay, I'm still alive. <laughs> and I said, what the heck just happened there? But it was just, I couldn't believe how much happened in a second or two. In my mind, it was very bizarre. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Hope it never happens again. <laughs> if I'm going to die, I just want to be like when I'm sleeping. Yeah. And uh, no pain. Yeah, no pain. Just like oh, okay, you know. For sure. Um, so we're at a, an hour and twenty-three. Um, anything else you wanted to? I don't think so. No, I think most people are asleep by now. <laughs> if we put them to bed, and uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Thanks for the the opportunity to just to hang out with you. My yeah. gosh, we used to do it all the time at the track, seeing each other and you know uh, expecting that at certain races, and then all of a sudden, I apologize you're gone. for my absence. It's just the way that you know it's the way it is, and you're not the only one. It just happens, you know, with people, and some people are able to come back, and that's going to be you here in a few years, and others just you know they're done, and some are gone for a short period of time and then they're back you know for whatever reason big part of the sport you know a lot of in and out it's expensive at all it's, it's a very expensive isn't it it's hard yeah. to it's hard to maintain that level of competition when every weekend is at least fifteen hundred dollars just to, just to practice right yeah i mean just to do a track day with with a set of tires and, and in your state <laughs> is at least a thousand dollars yeah. Right, just yeah. to participate. I think most people would say that the cheapest for you're talking about a race weekend or even a track or day. a track, a track day weekend, weekend with a set of tires. A track weekend with a set of tires. It's and you know getting there. Yes, and, coming and, home. and no, no hotel. I don't even use a hotel. Yeah. I camp it's, at the track. You're probably about right. I, and, and most people have said that it's about the cheapest you can get away with is about a thousand bucks. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's a little less if they're people riding like a three hundred because they can. Yeah. make their tires last a lot longer and stuff like that but yeah and then most races it seems like um it's hard to not race for much under two grand yeah 1500 uh, to two grand for yeah. sure is the range and especially like <clears throat> and then when you go to moto america it jumps way yeah. up five you know? to ten yeah because you gotta go and plus you're driving all over the place to get to those races if you're gonna if you're doing the whole season and crew so yeah sometimes they have plane tickets to each round and they'll like I have to work on Thursday. Somebody will drive the rig down. And you fly down there and as soon as you get off work. Is Carl? Is Carl doing the whole the whole thing? Full season and entry. Good. Awesome. I I knew that he was doing it, but I I couldn't remember when you mentioned his name a bit ago. Yeah. If he was doing the whole thing, is John going to try? Do I you know? don't know if John has uh, finalized his plans for the season. I think he's going to try to do a couple rounds at least. Okay. Um, but I'll be seeing. I don't him know soon, if he's so going to do the him. full season yeah. yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's a national champion. That he's he's gotten, I think, some lap records. Maybe at Nelson now. Mm-hmm. Did he have? Oh, I'm trying to remember if he. I think he had them. Somebody take it already. I, I'm pretty sure Mesa got it from ah. him. Mesa and Taylor. I think maybe Taylor got him first, and then Mesa come in there for the first first time ever. <laughs> of course. And then he gets the. Well, it's hard when you have. I mean, Taylor Knapp's a seasoned guy, but he's yep. not. He's not a, a current. Uh, season pro, right? Stefano right. is a current season long pro, yep. so he's he's kind of like the the top guy of those three. Yeah. 
at the, so, at the current. But I tell you what, I've told John several times, his uh, rise has been really amazing. Yeah. He has done an incredible job. Uh, I've been watching him, what, maybe the, over the last just three years yeah. or so, maybe four at the most, probably three. And, he, he man, he progressed so, so well quickly but he's he seems to be a very wise and smart racer and uh just done a great job so it's fun watching that so and i think john just got promoted in his day job uh senior oh, project manager oh cool yeah, at gm cool so uh he's doing really well at home and, and at the racetrack awesome well john maybe you make make enough money to uh sponsor me so i can race more there you go that's an idea. <laughs> what would you? What more would you do if you had the budget for it? Probably not much. I be, again because every time I just in those four races, every time I went out, I felt guilty. Yeah. Because for spending the money, or I didn't spend any money. You know how you know how much money I spent in four races? You're gonna kill me. <laughs> like fifty dollars. That's pretty good because people have helped me. Yeah. You know, they well, you helped them before. So well, I know, I know, and and it's super nice. So, but for me to that's gonna those nice people, they're all gonna go away, and I'm gonna have to pay for my <laughs> Eventually, my racing. Maybe. Yeah. So, I, I I would like it would be fun probably to if I could race, um, even if it was just one in one class, one race, maybe twice a month. Okay, yeah. That that much, yeah. or, or once a month, just so it's regular and I can get a little bit better. I want to get to where I can actually, like, really, like, beat somebody. Yeah. Anybody. Sure. I don't care who. <laughs> I don't care if it's, uh, like, a 10-year-old a in his first race. I want to beat that little kid. You're telling me you haven't beaten anybody yet? I don't think so. No? I did get second place, but there was only two in my, <laughs> you can't in do my that class. Part. <laughs> Well, I don't care. You know, I've told a million people that, yeah. you know, you showed up, you finished your race, you got your award. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. I am. I got, it's it's Wrong on my that. wall. It's on my wall in my room up there and at, at, at my house. And I appreciate it because I did it. I won that sucker. Yeah, nobody else was there to but contend I, it. Yeah, but I am looking, I am looking forward to being able to, you know, you know, rub some shoulders out there and really <laughs> yeah. get into it and with somebody. So I'll get there, but it'll be a slow process. And are you uh, you actually uh, got a lap timer on there aside from your my laps? I I have a solo. It's a solo two. The aim solo. Mm -hmm, aim solo two. Yeah. It's still in a box. Oh. I've got to get it on the bike. <laughs> the GPS logger. Mm -hmm. And it's um, pretty cool. Are you going to hook up any sensors to that or anything like uh, brake pressure or? Oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna do. I just want to be able to see my. I want to see my lap time. See the That's number. all I really care about. Yeah. Just seeing those. Hopefully, keep progressing so I can see where I'm at. I don't want to spend a focus on that a ton, but I mean that's where you see yeah. if you're making improvements or not. So you know I'm not gonna be driving around staring at my lap timer, but I do want to get better. So, but yeah, that needs to go on, and I need to get. Anybody out there that's really good at clutches and lives close to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, come on over and help me put that baby in. That's the only thing that's uh, slowing me down. Okay. The bike's in good shape and ready to roll. Is that a slipper clutch? I have no idea. It's a clutch <laughs> that I use to shift gears only a little bit because I do have a quick shifter. Yeah. And it's a quick shifter that has standard shift. That's okay. how that bike came. So I, I, think, that I think I'm just going to leave it there. 
I, you know, for some reason I get super serious about racing, then I'll, maybe I'll switch it over. But I don't see it at this point making really any difference for me yet. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, I think just easier at certain corners for shifting, but it's not a. You could definitely race without it. Well, the first couple times the the SV had a quick shifter and it was GP shift, and I did pretty well until uh, by the time I got to the 600, mm-hmm. then I started my mind going back to my what I'm normally doing, which is on my street bike. Oh yeah. You Maybe see. I should sh- switch my street bike. Can I can I make the FJR a I'm GP sure you shift? Could. Yeah, it's just a linkage, I think. So that's if if I were to. I think if I were to do that, I would ch- I would make it all of it the same. And then you don't, you're not switching from one to the my other. My mind's not yeah. going back and forth. I have a problem with that too. Even when I go to ride regular standard shift now, I have a problem yeah. <laughs> because I'm thinking GP shift. Yeah. It's just so it's such a natural thing after you use one for so long. Yeah, I understand it, but what I like I said, my first few races I had not one problem, but the farther I went, yeah, the more mistakes I made because in my I guess subliminally or whatever i was going back to what i've been doing for 30 40 years <laughs> yeah you know? your so, habits yeah for yeah. sure um so i guess we can wrap it up it's about an hour and a half and i'm um, so glad for you coming on here and talking with me for about an hour and a half um it's good to catch up with you yeah it's good to see you and hopefully uh one day i can i can race you oh yeah well good luck with that <laughs> I think by the time you come back, I will be way beyond anything you've ever seen. You'd probably be like Superbike champ, you know, just killing it's it. Very, it's very possible. I might I might be, since I'm a nice chaplain, I might let you win or something. <laughs> or get ahead of me a couple times. But then I'll have to pass you right back. I look forward to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, man. It's really good to see you. It'll be fun to see you again. And... Uh, the sooner the better, I say. So it'll be fun to have you back at the track. Very good. Well, I have just posted, I think, uh, number 48 coming this Friday. Okay. And this cool. is number 52. Oh, sweet. So to be in a couple of weeks, I'll All right. post this. All right, cool. So I got them in the queue, so to speak. All right, yep. Um, and then I have uh, another three, I think, on the schedule. So... Do you let the person? Do you let me know that's coming up? Do you shoot me messages? Hey, um, it's coming up. Do you do it on a certain day, or just I've, whenever you feel like it? I have been just kind of doing it whenever I feel like it. Okay. Whenever I get it done, I try to post it. But I'm trying to stick lately to more of a once a week schedule. So it'll probably be in, I think, three weeks or so. Maybe. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, but uh, if what? you want, I can always send it to you before. But usually, I don't. No, I don't need that. I, I, no, it's not a problem. I'm not worried about that. I was just wanting to make sure that I know it was there, and then yeah. I'll, I'll post it too, so people. Yeah, you know, if you could out there. send me um, some pictures that I can use to post. Oh, okay. Like a like whatever a you face want, like picture. a headshot or okay. your logo or okay. writing or whatever you think would be okay. cool. That would have to be good, cool writing. My favorite, actually, my favorite picture is, and someone actually took it and made a painting of it yeah. and gave it to me. It's so cool. It's when I did my very first race, when I came into the pit, there was probably, I don't know, let's say 50 to 70 people okay. all lined up. Yeah. And I, I drove by, and they all gave me high fives. Because <laughs> that's, that's cool. what I do at the end of the races. Yeah. And people, I, I think I started doing it when you were racing. You were standing by the pit, pit out, 
or um, pit, in. pit in pit when in. you're coming into the pits by Granton. Yes. By the road. And I use it, you know, you're clapping for people and sometimes a high five or whatever. I'll smack them on the arm when they come by. I do that. I still do that all the time. And so yeah. that's what they did for me when I came in. Man, I, <laughs> I had special. tears coming down my face. And so there's a picture of me with all these hands out in my hand. You know, I'm riding the bike and my hand's out. Right. <laughs> and it's so cool. And then someone took that picture and did a... Um, it's a, uh, a charcoal drawing. Okay. It's, it's really, really neat. I have that up on my wall at home. So. That's cool to see. But yeah, I'll send you something. I'll, maybe I'll send you a few things and then you can just decide whatever it is that you want to use. Sure. Because so, yeah. some of them you have to crop certain ways for different platforms. So. Yes. Okay. I usually post it to YouTube for the video and then Instagram TV. So it'd be an Instagram, uh, oh, okay. two different parts. All right, cool. So Instagram TV only allows you to up- upload. Uh, uh, less than an hour at a time, so I got to split it up into two parts. Okay. So. so I have to tell you this. So I um, I told, I think when you asked me about doing this, yeah, that was was that last fall? Maybe in December or so, yeah. earlier maybe? I think it was a little earlier than December, and I, I was really looking forward to it because I had not done, I don't think I've done, I have not done one before, especially a video one. Mm-hmm. And so... I was thinking, okay, this will be the first time. It's going to be with Eric, and it'll be very cool. Well, when I was in out in California, I was at church, at my home church where my dad pastored, and uh, the pastor there now said, hey, Mark, said, can you come and do a podcast? And when he said it, I thought, I'm like, no, because I told <laughs> Eric. And then I thought, well, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I did it, but I never... I haven't posted it or anything. They okay. posted it out there on their site, which no one here in our in our family would see it. So I'm not going to post that thing until after yours posts. All right, so I appreciate it. Anyways, yeah, get yeah. some exclusive uh, Mark Miracle action. Yeah, and it was different. It was I, I didn't realize it was going to be a video thing. I thought we were going to sit down. It was going to be a podcast like mine. That so I came thing. in. I didn't look very good. Yeah. I was a little scraggly looking. <laughs> And he got me sitting there, and then a guy came out with a big old camera. And yeah, right in your I face. said, "Is this video?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So, <laughs> well, anyways, it I still out. haven't gotten mine right because that camera died, that camera died, and this one turned off. So I'm still figuring it out. Well, see, I is which which uh, GoPro is this? This is an eight. Okay, I have the same. I have whatever the what's the newest one? Is it a they nine just came out. I saw an, a nine at the store today. Okay, I think I have the nine. Yeah, and I was trying. I was starting to practice with it, but I could not get that thing to last more than to, well, a certain amount of minutes. I just put this table back here, so and there's a, like a power cord, which is kind of hard to get back here. But so it has to be a power cord in order, order yeah, for it what, to stay long enough. Yeah, but what's stupid about this one is you have to open up the battery back, which exposes uh, the battery. Which if this comes off a millimeter, you're going to lose your entire feed because it disengages uh, from the power source. And the power source is right there on the bottom. It's not a good design for this environment. I'll have to go look at mine again. I just haven't had no time to deal with it. Um, and then that one, I do have a cord for it that can be hooked up. I just seen how. Can I it. pick this up now? Yeah, we're still recording, but. Okay. It's worked pretty well. Mine is pretty good. So mine is. I have two. I have. I have a mixer board that's a, a zoom board it's an eight channel 
and then with sliders and stuff and different knobs. Yeah. And then I have a small, smaller one, but it's probably it's called a what's it called a zoom? I can't remember, but it's probably about this wide, mm-hmm. about this long, and it's probably about that thick. Okay. And it's got meters on it here, and then you can plug actually four regular microphones into it. Yeah. Or it has it has a, a microphone like this that's an attachment that you can pop on, or it has a that looks just like that, but it's they're a little bit bigger. Yeah. And then it has a regular like an SM58 type of ball. Okay. Thing that you can poke on there, but I I was using that's what I brought on this trip, and I, I brought a couple of my mic, big microphones, and I had these little tiny um, stands that I could put them on, so you could sit like this and have a microphone right here. Yeah. Well, when I plugged them in, and I had my headphones on, you could hear this like tick 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 tick. What is that? And I could not figure out what it was, but on the meter you could see it. So I knew it was going to catch on a recording. It wasn't like my headphones. or yeah. I tried undoing the power and going just battery. Huh. I tried switching cables around, and it would it would quit. And then I would we would start going, and it started doing it again. Ah. So finally, ended up taking the mics off and using the the thing just like this. I think it'll be fine, but i got to figure out why it's making that noise. Yeah. So. It's uh, a fairly cheap one. This was not my my ideal um, microphone. I actually have a legit uh, condenser mic um, that has three different modes on it, but I just don't have... Um, I sold my unit that went into the computer for MIDI, for audio MIDI, Yeah. and I just don't have a new one, so I'm, not, I'm just okay. using this in the meantime. I'm trying to see what the heck my... I'm happy with the uh, with the an, quality. I mean, it's an H H1N. I think it was like a hundred dollars or less, and it wasn't that expensive. Mine was pretty expensive. It was kind of funny. Maybe this is it here. H6. Yeah, my plan was to get two yeah, dedicated microphones for each person, but I never did that. <laughs> I really need to upgrade my um, my videos. Oh wow. So that's what it looks like. Zoom so you, six. So, so this you is can, a one. That's a six. Yeah, it's, this is an eight six. So you these this thing here unplugs. Oh, and you it can has take that different off. attachments. So I have it came with two, and that's what I used this weekend. But I took this off, and you can plug in you know regular microphones and yeah. control the volume here. A few uh, quite a few different things. Just SD card goes in the side there, and then you can see your. Okay. Stuff that's and it's worked great uh, several times. I've used it, yeah, but not this time. Huh. So, I mean, I'm sure it's fine with that attachment, but I, the yeah. the other microphone's much better quality of sound. But anyways, yeah, I'd let, one I of the things out. on my list after I go to the racetrack because that's more important. Yeah, because this is working somewhat. Um, <laughs> is to upgrade my cameras so I can have dedicated cameras that. It'd be nice to have like the same, obviously. Yeah, the same all the same camera. camera, and and I don't have to use my phone. Or a GoPro, you right. know, real cameras that could just be here and not have to worry about for anything else. Yeah, you don't have to, yeah, take them somewhere. So, yep, but I hear that. five hundred dollars a piece, you know. Yeah. So it's like, well, <laughs> when is money, that gonna fit in? Money, it? money, money, right? <laughs> Trying to make as much as possible. Cool. So, uh, I'm just. I already watched the MotoGP qualifying and race, so that's off the schedule for me. Um, I'm just gonna be. Hanging out, getting some dinner probably. Awesome. Getting ready for work tomorrow. I've got to go do a little bit of work on my. I I'm going. Don has me scheduled at a 
hotel somewhere. So okay. I gotta figure out where I'm going next and get a little bit of work and then I think I'm gonna hit the sack early. I am exhausted, man. Yeah. Long but, ride. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm coming up close to uh two thousand miles already on this little trip, so it's pretty good. How many today? Uh not much. I was just a hundred miles from to from where I was to here. Okay. Uh, just what happened was I, we went out to eat. It took a while to leave the church where I was at. I spoke it there. I did Facebook Live this morning, went to the church, spoke there, and then it took a while to leave. The guy that I was with just was talking and talking and talking, <laughs> which is fine. And then we went to a restaurant, and, and it was supposed to be, it was like an hour and 25 minutes to his from his house to here. Okay. Well, then he said, "We're going to go twenty. We're going to drive twenty minutes closer to where you need to go." And so when I got in, I thought, "Well, that's going to be like an hour and I think five minutes was going to be mm-hmm. from the restaurant to here." When I hopped on my bike, it was an hour and a half. Ah. <laughs> so that's when I messaged you. All right, it's going to be closer to four thirty, which I think I ended up getting here at four fifteen. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't too bad. I got behind some. Some really fast people. They were flying, so I just, oh, yeah. just got my bike set in behind <laughs> them and just. Uh, Which way are you coming from? I was, uh, I think, a little south of Lansing. Oh, on, so you're Onondaga, coming from, Onondaga. from west. Yes, from the west. Yeah. Kind of came up from under. <laughs> I was like over here, and you're up here above Detroit. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was kind of winding myself up to. Ninety-four. Yeah, I was on ninety-four for a while. Oh my gosh! I don't know what else. I was. Uh, I think I was. I was on 75 for a little bit too. Came 75 north for a little bit. Get some fast drivers in, in uh, Michigan, Metro yeah. Detroit, man. Most yeah. people are are doing 85. They I are from everywhere. I had. I was. I was sitting at 79. Yeah, and you're getting passed at 79 people, people all day. Flying by me. This one uh, Mercedes flew by me, and I was like. <laughs> and I was like going 95, and he was still leaving me. And I thought, no, I'm, I can't afford. Well, it's like uh, 94. tickets. I 94. Yeah. It's like that's the speed limit, right? So, what? He, 94. 94. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, what, that's probably what he thought. Hey, nine, nine, whatever the yeah, whatever the, I the saw highway 94, is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would never work for me. I would. Lo- I w- it would be so cool just to be able to go as fast as you want. Do you, you think know, that uh, we should have a more autobahn? Ask. I mean, everybody's doing 85 as it is. Why are the speed limits 70? I don't know. I do a lot of driving, and I just think you know, pretty much everywhere I go, people are flying. We go through South Carolina. There's three and four lane highways that they have marked at 55 and 60. Yeah. No one. Not a person is going that that slow. I'll get um, with my truck and trailer. I'll set it at seventy, and just just like me in the racetrack, <laughs> you know. I would, you know, either come in here and give these people tickets, or jack up the speed limit and let us go. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. You know, some people can handle the speeds, and then if you what if you put it at ninety? You know, there's going to be people going 120. Right. You know. <laughs> or if you put it to 90, are you going to be extremely strict at 91? You know, are you going to be another five overs okay, another yeah. ten over? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You, but do it. You know, do that. Or 
people don't like the automated, you know, photo, you know, getting pictures of your license plate and all that stuff. That you know, you're just our rights or whatever. The argument whatever is, is, I have to see my accuser, right? And yeah. If your accuser is a camera, yeah. then what? Yeah. Then you can't take him to court. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But if you're going, if you're going ninety and a sixty. You're going ninety and a sixty. But now yeah. if you got a mask on your face, oh, someone stole my car. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me driving it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It, goes, it goes on and on and on. So I just try to stick close to the to the safe speeds because I can't afford tickets. They're too expensive. They're expensive. I would just see, uh, I wish people would follow, like, uh, stop signs and turn signals and the, the small things because those, those things irritate me more than speeders do. Turn signals are the worst now. Cannot believe it. I don't know what it is. What is it? I I I would say it's been in the last year to two years at the most. People don't. Use and it's it's uh it's, it's not like it's a difficult or laborious process. Yeah. It's like a finger. Yeah. Just yeah up <laughs> down. Right. And it makes me so irritated because for the longest time I had you know almost no use of my left arm for all the dislocations and the yeah. breaks in my humerus. So I would drive only with one arm capability and still use my turn you signal. You still reached over. And, so I had only or my whatever, right hand. Over, yeah. And yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> and you have two arms and you can't use it? Come on! What are you doing? I was, I, for some reason I got on this thing today. I thought, I don't even know why I was in my mind. I was thinking, if I could tell people just please, two things that would change this world. Use your blinker and stay out of the passing lane unless you're passing. How simple is that? <laughs> just those two things. Our world would be at such a more peaceful place. I got a guy tried to chase me down the other day. On your bike? Oh, I was in a car and we were, uh, I was with my, who was with me? Don, it was Don and I. Oh, it was my, my, my daughter and son-in-law, and they had come down, and we were taking them down to Charlotte to this really cool um, Korean barbecue place, and uh, so we just had been gone from the house a couple miles, and I came around, came around this corner, there's this neighbor here with a, with a road that comes out, a stop sign, and come out on the road, so we're coming around here, this guy in a pickup comes flying out, just flies out, no stop sign, no looking, no slowing down, comes out. And, and so, it's your fault, right? No. So <laughs> he, he goes, and, it, you know, he wasn't real close to us, but if we were a little bit farther, I thought he would have just creamed us. Yeah. I thought, what, what are you doing? So he goes over in this left lane, uh, and as I go by, just beep, beep, you know, like, hey, you know, hello, you know. Right. Kept going. He, so I went way up to the light, stop, going, left-hand turn lane goes, he comes by, and and honks, you know, and of course, you know, I'm not honking back, and, <laughs> and he honks, I honk, 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 and she's going through the turn, and then, he, then he's out the, you know, out the window, giving me, you know, giving me the sign, yeah. you know. So then we we keep on, we go on through the intersection and go, and there's a Sheets gas station there, and so Don says he's coming, he's coming. So he went through that that whole big gas station, wound himself through there, came out, and then was chasing us down the road. I didn't speed up or do anything, and so he, uh, I, I could see him in my room, he's driving, he's just, he's just like, 
lost totally it. lost it, and he's the one. He's the one that was an idiot. So I didn't do anything to provoke anything. My wife's like, "He's gonna kill us. He's gonna. We're gonna die." And I'm so we're not gonna die, you know. And so finally, he slows down, but he literally, he gets his whole from his waist is out of the window, going. <laughs> like no hands on the steering wheel. Oh man! And then he stops and turns around and leaves. And I thought, what? He showed you, what? right? Oh yeah, he showed me. <laughs> and him, you know, poor guy. Who knows? I'm just glad he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Coming out of that thing, I just I don't think I've seen that that level egregious of a a mistake, and then can't own up to it, you know. So what what should people do in those situations where they're, they're kind of almost scared a little bit when someone's coming at them in a road rage almost situation, just just dis, disengage? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I probably, I, my one honk at the beginning was was probably enough. Uh, what I shouldn't have done is kept honking at them. I, I, I thought, I really just thought we were just kind of having fun. Just you know? joking? Just joking, oh, yeah, oh, beep, 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 you know. I mean, it was such a bad, stupid move. So I think what I did do from that point on was nothing, and yeah. that's why he slowed down. You know, if I tried like slow down, or if I was flipping him off, and you know, I was just making the, which I don't flip people off. <laughs> I've never had in my entire life. You know, but I could have egged him on, and you know, in my mind, I was, I kind of would have liked to have enjoyed that, but I mean, that's stupid. And so I think the fact that I didn't do anything, I didn't speed up, try to go faster, and then slow down, and swerve or do anything else, any other gestures, give him the fist or whatever, and he just calmed down. He probably he probably had to go back and get gas because that's <laughs> what he went there for. Yeah. When the first he was running out of gas. Yeah. The the it would have been probably good if I probably did nothing at all. Just nothing, just yeah, don't yeah. even look at him, you know. Just keep on moving. But I mean what are horns for? I've been honked at, yeah. and I deserved it. I'm sure. You know, sorry. <laughs> You're right. I pulled a stupid move. Yeah, it's been a bunch of times where I've honked at people, and they honk right back at me. Like, I, I was just telling you, you did something wrong. I didn't do anything I wrong. Know. <laughs> but, we, you know, we kind of live in a weird world now, though. Yeah. You, know, you don't know if someone's going to pull the gun out. And That's happened. There's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of shootings in Detroit on I-96 and I think I-94. Uh, people drive by shootings in cars on the highway. And it, I don't know if they're um, they're provoked or they're random incidents. Yeah. Um, but it seems like there's a little bit of uh, I don't know if vigilante is the right word, but it seems like there's there is a lack of police force on the highway. Everybody's doing 85, 90 on on the freeway, and no one's using signals, and people are shooting out the window. It's like the wild west. Wild, wild west. I mean, uh, with yeah. with COVID, there's less police officers. Yeah. There's less firefighters. There's less workers at, at Wendy, not Wendy's, Arby's is closed now. There's no more Arby's. I don't is know if they're right? completely gone, but I went last weekend, I went to go to Potbelly. Potbelly's closed. The whole, they're closed down. There's nothing inside the building. Oh, no. I went to Arby's. Arby's is, um, uh, the, there's still machinery inside, but I went to two different ones and they're both closed. So maybe they're just shut down for now. Or maybe... Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't heard that. I, I know that, like, coming to Michigan, and, like, even when I went to California, that Michigan and California, California's worse. They're so still 
no restaurants. I mean, they are closed. I mean, that they could be, be open up in the last week or so. But when I went out there in December, and they completely shut down. shut down, except for a few renegade ones that, you know, they just stayed open and they were packed out, you know, with people. But when I come up here, I stop to go to the restroom at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. I say, hey, where's your restroom? They said, no, oh, oh, we're closed down. And I said, you're closed? Yeah. we're closed down because of COVID. <laughs> I've really got to go. Sorry, you know, and I, it, you know it's not like that in North Carolina. So I can tell up here was still a little more shut downy, and maybe that's you know people have been shut down for so long they can't can't reopen anymore. Can't right? reopen. They don't know what to do there. with themselves. And it needs to be like you. Yeah. Sorry, you know, COVID. We can't do eBay. <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oops. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. you you only last for so long. You know. Not making money, so yeah, I don't know. So, how has uh, COVID affected you with all your travels and racetrack ventures? And all not that? very much. No, no. I thankfully, I, I really assumed that by now I would have had it because I've been to so many places and around so many people. Now, last last year when it shut down, you know, at the end of February, probably the first of March, right? So we were down racing, nothing, March and April. But for me, I mean, people were calling me and calling and emailing and texting with all kinds of, some of them were COVID issues. We had kind of a, one of uh, one of our, uh, I don't want to even give any idea who it is, but he was causing all kinds of problems on Facebook and to people, um, he was telling certain groups of people to F off and die and He's like a leader, like a leader person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you would know him, but anyways, but he was saying this to people that he was close friends and people that worked for him, volunteers who worked for him, and they were calling me and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, like some, they're crying. Yeah, like a crisis. It was bad. It really was really, like, insane. And when I saw it, I actually... I called him, or he called me once, and I called him once, and we talked through this whole thing. I said, man, you, I said, you can believe however you want. That's the great thing about our country. You can vote how you want, vote for who you want, vote people out. Whatever you want to do That's what makes our country great. But to tell people that disagree with you to F off and die, I mean, that... I mean, first of all, I, I think it's wrong. And second of all, this is going to kill your business. Yeah. It's going to just crush you. And, it, you know, it didn't crush it all the way, but it really affected it pretty bad. And he's, he agreed. He said, yeah, I said, you're right, Mark. I, I shouldn't. It was wrong. Blah, blah, blah. I won't do it. And I think it lasted. This was after talking like two hours on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, Know. And listening to him, he was—he was really far, he was way, way, way out there on like another planet. And uh, so, and but within less than 24 hours, he was at it again. And, and uh, so, anyways, that was rough. So I definitely—it was kind of shocking how much I had to deal, <laughs> deal with that. And they were like, "Could you call him? Could you please call him?" I mean, he just. He's just killing himself and his business, and I said I already have twice, <laughs> like four hours. So you're—they're like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> You've already been through it all. You already I know said, yeah, I said, I'm so sorry. Anyway, so there was a ton of that going on for a couple months. Plus, I think I did a couple weddings, like real, uh, like like four of us. In, in, really in, small. Yeah, super venues. small. And we were doing it over Zoom. Okay. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I did a, uh, a guy uh, committed suicide, one of the track day guys' brother. Uh, committed suicide, so I did his funeral during that two months, and so I, I stayed very, very busy. And then in May it opened back up, and then we were, hmm. other than one weekend in August again, like it's going to be this year, um, we went full on till I think the second weekend of December. Wow! And so I stayed super busy, and the, everything went well. It was some of the tracks we couldn't do like a chapel service because they didn't want the people and gatherings, and so. I was already just doing Facebook Lives anyways, so, but slowly that kind of came back, and I just did both, so, um, no, really the only thing that it did affect was hospital. Okay. So if someone went to the hospital. You couldn't go and visit them anymore? No. Too many people was, I think, um, I think maybe a couple, maybe, I know one time for sure. A young lady was, uh, she crashed and went to the hospital. And, uh, can I shut this off? That's still recording. Can I shut it off, though? For uh, what I'm about to say? Yeah. Um. So, the, um, I had, uh, it was actually the. Anyways, I went to the hospital to pick her up because she said she was ready. Because she was ready in her own mind. Right. <laughs> when I got there, they weren't letting her go. So they told me that I was like sitting in the truck waiting for her to come out the door. And security said, "You can't sit there." And I said, "Oh, sorry. I just thought they were coming out." And he said, "You know who is it?" And he checked real quick. He said, "Park the truck. Come on in." Yeah. So they actually took me back into the trauma unit and let okay. me stay with her for like a couple hours. Sure. So that was probably the only time like, I can think last year that I could actually get into the hospital. Okay, yeah. Uh, our first race back, we had a guy die, and we went to the hospital. We had to sit outside, even his wife. Ah. She couldn't go in. That was rough. That was bad. Who was that? Bad, bad. Uh, his, name, his name was Eric. Eric. I said his name in a long time. Uh, Holly. No, nope, he's over in England. Because I was wondering what, what happened to him. I haven't seen him do yeah, anything in the States He's a military, and he's, uh, they moved him over there. Okay. I would think it's not too long that he should be coming back. Because I remember he uh, he did Pikes Peak. Yes. And then he flew off the side of the mountain. But he was okay. I think he may have broke his leg or something. Eric Connell. Connell? Connell was his name. He passed Connell. away. He, he was a fairly new rider. Okay. He died uh, not at the at Roebling, but that's where he crashed. And so they, but they two different times they brought us in to a room, and the first time explained what was going on. Then the second time they brought us in, they told us he had died. It was oh bad. That was a rough one. Yeah. 
but anyways, um, so that that was probably the hardest part of COVID. You know, having people in the hospital and their their family can't go see them. They're in there sitting there by themselves. Yeah. We just recently had two um, racers' parents who were sick in the hospital, and they died in the hospital all by themselves. Yeah. Alone. That's weird. Yeah. It's rough. So, um, other than that, I don't think it really affected us too much. Okay. Just the hospital visits. Yeah. You know, just trying to be careful and being respectful because there's, you know, some people that just don't care about it at all and they just whatever. And then there's others that, you know, you know, you go up and <laughs> shake their hand they're like, you know, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Or, or they come up and start, and when they start talking to you, they pull their mask out. And so yeah. I'll grab my mask and put it on and sure. trying to be, you know, sensitive for how people, how people are. But uh, so far, you know, all of our family has been safe uh, so far. And yeah. We're good. So how about you? I've been pretty good. you too much I've, at all? We shut down for like a week when there was a small breakout at work. Oh, but, okay. But, uh, but where is that work? In Pontiac, uh, just west of here. What is it, what is it to do? Um, I work at a place called Aluminum Blanking Company, okay. so we just take aluminum coils, like um, up to 40,000 pound you know, coils, and yeah. some of them steel, mostly aluminum. We just blank them for automotive, aerospace, industrial, for commercial. For yeah. and stuff. Okay. Mostly like uh, Rubicon, heap outer panels, you know, fenders, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, it's a big business. We do a million pounds a day. Um, wow. I'm shipping and receiving. So I do all of the paperwork for in and out. All the coils come in, I do all the receiving, wow. and I do all the shipping. Wow. Now I don't load it on the truck, but we have a team of high-low drivers and then they bring me the paperwork and I direct all the trucks. You're just have, making sure it gets, everything's going in the right yep, direction. I'm the traffic coordinator, so I'm shipping and receiving basically. So yeah, it's a half a million pounds a day coming in and a half a million pounds going out. Wow. I'm That's one guy doing it. I was gonna say that is a lot. a lot. So, and then I have my business. Yeah, well, see, so you would be the opposite of me, as far as organization. I'm kind very of staying organized. On top Excel, of that. spreadsheets all yeah. day, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I don't love it. I can't wait to quit. Um, yeah. I I want to do my business full time because I'm just doing this because it's a good job and it pays pretty well, and uh, I have two renters here, which help out a lot. Yeah. And I'm trying to live on like no money every month and just saving like 75, 80% of my paycheck. Wow, that's um, awesome. And so I feel like I'm poor, you know, but I'm saving everything possible. And so if I can continue to do that and save three $3,500 a month, I should be able to get back to the track in two and a half years. Yeah, that's awesome, man, good job. So, uh, yeah. and, and I'm really not taking a paycheck for my business yet. Um, like I said, I just started doing 15, I'm on pace for fifteen thousand this month, and, I and that's profit. That's gross sales. Okay. So that's not profit. What would be profit then? So on that, would you say? Typically, margins are anywhere from fifteen to fifty to thirty thirty-five percent okay. on a product. Um, selling a lot of M4 performance exhausts right now. Okay. Um, those are a little bit less margin, so at the end of the day, maybe ten fifteen percent on those. Um, it's still pretty good. I mean. Uh, it's still growing. It's still, it's still really in its infancy. I feel like. So you could be what making a possible profit if you have fifteen thousand. Are you looking at like 
anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars after profit after everything's paid for somewhere in there. Um, and so I think I estimate that somewhere in the thirty to fifty thousand a month range is what I need to do this to full time. Okay. So it's low margins, you know, it's not super high, but right. um, I could potentially. But you sound like you, you'd be doing something that you enjoy. Right. Too. And that I wouldn't actually, business. at 50000 a month, I would not be shipping orders anymore. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing the basement stuff anymore. Yeah. That's all drop ship from the vendor. I don't touch it. Oh, cool. I just get a tracking number, upload it to the marketplace, and I'm done. Cool. I don't see the product. I don't touch it. It's just the hardest part is listing it online, getting the getting the item in an Excel spreadsheet that I now have to turn into um, the right amount of columns for the for how I upload it to eBay or Amazon, and that's the biggest uh, time hurdle is just making it eleven thousand products uploaded the right way to each platform is, yeah. the, is the most time-consuming thing. So if I can pay someone you know five dollars an hour in India to do that for me, and uh, it's just getting all the all the pieces to work together is not a overnight type of business. Rome wasn't built in a day. Right? Yeah, it's a process of taking time. That's great. So yeah. it's exciting, and hopefully it'll, you know, it'll be more than just enough for me to quit my job. It'll be enough for me to go racing, and uh, to support my family. I have a friend who um, works. Uh, he's he plays in the NBA. Yeah. And he got. Uh, I can't remember if it's four or five sure it was a four-year 56 million dollar contract 56 million dollars a year or with over, over those four years, four, years. Over four years and uh, he spends hardly anything yeah he saves it all saves it all he he literally has the worst car in the NBA <laughs> he's got a 2013 Dodge Charger just a plain old yeah. stock car that's yeah. it and he doesn't have any other car um, people give him, they've actually, his team has actually petitioned him. <laughs> they've all signed this thing to get him to get a nice car. <laughs> he said, why? He, he, said, I, he said, I did sit in a Mercedes once and uh, he said it was super comfortable and it was, um, he's seven foot tall. So he has a hard time finding a car that he can sit in. He said, I could actually, in that car, I could put the seat back far enough where I could not reach the pedal. Yeah. He said, no, how is that possible? <laughs> wow. In a Mercedes? He said, yeah. I said, I said, why didn't you get it? And he said, well, it's $200,000. I said, I'm not paying $200,000 for a car. <laughs> yeah. And he's younger. Well, he's probably a year younger than you are. But he just has that mindset that, you know, I don't need all this. He doesn't, he loves taking people out to eat. And, you know, when he needs to go see his parents, you know, he can, sometimes he drives his car. Right. Sometimes he flies, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, he saves it and invests it and, think that's the coolest thing for well I think for me um, I've been laid off from jobs before and it's and it changes your whole life when you don't have a second or third income if that's your only income you're now on the unemployment line yeah. so uh, that happened to me when I was young and I hope it never happens again but um, you never know what could happen COVID could happen and you just lose your job um, and by no fault of your own and so I just, I want to be the person who I never have to rely on anybody else, you know, that I can just, I can make my own hours, I can make my own money, um, and I don't have to have a job. I yeah. can just do whatever I want. Yeah. That's, that's the real, the, the goal is just to do whatever you want and not have to 
have to do anything. Right, yeah. Well, so, you're underway. All in time. All right, cool. So, well, I better go. Yeah. And uh, thanks again for having me and for being patient and waiting. I, I, you've been on the back of my mind like I'm, <laughs> Dawn's like, when you gonna go and see her? When I can have enough time to get there. Yeah, no problem. And there was other people I, I wanted to see. One of them was this Courtney girl. I don't know if you've have you seen me? Courtney, what's your last name? Bush is her last name. She yeah. was in a really bad car accident okay. over in that Onondaga area, oh, yeah. and uh, two kids were killed, and it took them three hours to get her out. She oh, wow, was, like uh, uh, extraction type of thing? Yeah, she was, uh, four days later, was uh, um, labeled a vegetable. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she is not a vegetable now. She's Recovering. walking last week so I've been doing part of my podcast I've been taking a day each week to to keep everybody updated on, okay. on her and so um, anyway so I, I went to the hospital I left California early from our trip out there and came out to visit her because she was a niece of one of the weir racers oh. so she was you know out when I got there talked with the family for about an hour um, and that's all I've really I've ever seen other than messaging back and forth and getting the updates and stuff and so um, I went up there yesterday to their house and saw her for the first time awake yeah and uh, yeah it's an incredible story well, it's good really, that she's recovering it's, yeah. uh doesn't always happen that way yeah no no it's it for me I know you're not a religious guy but in my whole lifetime, I've seen so many cool things and awful things. It's the, really the coolest miracle I have ever seen. Even now, when she goes back to get checkups at the hospital, yeah, they're like, there is no way that this should happen. <laughs> because yeah. her, she sheared her lobe, her brain. Oh, her brain sheared. right off. Wow. She got hit 65 miles an hour in an intersection. And uh, yeah, it was really, really bad. And uh, anyways, so that was cool. So I got to, to, so once I, and there were several other things, like the things I did in Atlanta, there was all these little pieces that I needed to get done. There was no racing this week, weekend. So I told Don, I said, you didn't mind if I try to get all this stuff done? And I, the main thing was trying to get together with Courtney. And I didn't know when that was going to happen actually until after I left to Atlanta. Yeah. And so once that got locked in, then I got you and I said, okay, can we do this thing on Sunday? Yeah. And then all the other pieces kind of fell together. So I'm glad I could squeeze it in. So we got a bunch of good content here, I think. Yes. And uh, we will, I'll, at some point, we will get, come back full circle again. You're going to get grilled. All right. I look forward to <laughs> It'll it. It'll be good though. It'll be a good, just I want to. I want to go way back. Sure. I like to do that with the writers. Yeah. Find out where'd you come from? Family. Who's your family? You know, how did you get from here to where you're at here? And I, I enjoy that. I like to find out where people are coming from. And, and I, this this actually visit helps me a lot because some of the people that I interview, I hardly know a thing about them. Right. And so it's hard to know. What to, what to ask them, you know, where to take it. I had, I had this one guy, his name's, uh, I don't know if you, you might have heard his name, Michael Godin, uh, works with KWS. I feel like I know the name. He's been around racing. He's a really, really good crew chief. Uh, a lot of the uh, pros use him. Um, he is a 
pretty much anywhere I go, he's always there. And uh, so um, I interviewed him. And uh, I didn't know him very well, just from what people told me. And so it was, I had, it was really about finding out who this guy is. So it was really good. He, he actually, he actually asked me. He said, "Yeah, let's do it." He said, "You know, do you have podcasts?" I said, "Yeah, I've had podcasts for a while." How did I not know? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. He said, "Well, how long is this? Like 15, 20 minutes long?" And I said, <laughs> "Well, probably, probably not." And they usually. I said, it really depends on how much you talk, yeah. how much you, how you respond to the questions. But most of them are an hour, an hour and a half. He's like, oh, you know, <laughs> well, he talked. And talked. He, he went like an hour and forty-five minutes without and breathing. And he was right? so excited. He's like, man, we got to do this again. He said, I want to interview you. Yeah. You know, he was so pumped. Oh, cool. But what happened is after I got up, growing th through his life and stuff. I said, so, I said, so what, you know, what got you into, you know, doing your racing? When did you first race? And I had about probably six more follow-up questions to that. And he said, uh, I've never raced. Really? Yeah. I said, what? <laughs> and I'm, you know, we're recording. And I said, I said yeah. get out. <laughs> you have never raced. Nope. I said, do you do track days? He said, I did one, one track. Really? I, I mean, it just really threw me because he is really good. And I thought, how does he do what he is doing, helping people race on the racetrack when he has never done it? Oh, man. And then I had to sit and think for a second, all right, where the heck do I go from here? Yeah. Well, well we pulled it off, and I just hit I said, well, here we go. Let's just go <laughs> hit play. And we took off, and he, he was really amazing. He was really a good interview. But that was shocking. And yeah, you know, it's difficult interviewing people you don't know at all. I've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've, this is the first time I'm saying hello to the person. When, there's no preamble. As soon as I hit record, we're, to, we're on, you know. And I can't, there's no way I could do what you do with just off the cuff. I <laughs> no did notes, with, no, no bullet points, no nothing. I did it one time <laughs> with Steve Palella. Yeah. And I knew enough about him from all of the issues that he's gone through and we and we, and did pretty good. And I I was, he, you know, Steve. Oh yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. So I wasn't because of his brain injury and his remembering things. I, I thought it might be better just to kind of talk and just kind of go off what he says. Yeah. And it worked out pretty good. But other than that, I can't do it. I, I think my mind you could. doesn't work like that. I you if know, I knew someone real well, pretty yeah. well, I think I could do it. But most of them. I think I do until I start thinking about the interview, and I think, holy cow, I need to know, where do I even go with this person? Yeah. I, I see him all the time. But. I mean, for me, when I first started, I had I made sure that I had at least 10 bullet points for everyone, and like a piece of paper off to the side. And then I found I was like too beholden to the piece of paper and the questions that I had to ask them. So it, was, it turned into like, what's your favorite color? Like, what's your favorite track? Like all this basic question answer one and done and then next you know yeah. and I was and then I was like I don't know what to talk about now because I was I, don't, I ran out of questions yeah you know and then and now I didn't really prepare anything and I and, it, and I typically don't prepare anything I might look a little bit into your Instagram or like look what you've been doing recently but I even try not to listen to recent work that you've done so I don't um, 
like talk about the same things over and yeah, over. Yeah, stuck in the same thing. Yeah, I, I try to. So my the how I look at it is I have my questions, but they're just a guideline. They're they're questions that I would really like to know, but I also know that when I ask this question, there's pro I'm probably going to have like five more because I don't know what the answer is. Follow ups. And yeah. then once they and when they say something, I go. No way. Well, then how did you do blah, blah, blah? And it goes, and then there's some, while they're talking, they may take me down a road that is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like I think, I had no idea they did that. It, it took a whole different turn. And so I'll just take my pen and I'll just go. Cross it out. Cross like six <laughs> questions out because those are stupid compared to what that's happened. So. For me, I try, like you said, I, I don't want to, there's probably been times where I was too locked into it, but for the most part, it's just a, for how my mind works, I got to have some kind of thing or I will, I just, and I think because I'm older, I have a hard time remembering, I'll have like a good idea of, you know, what I want to ask this person, and then when it comes time to it. Was that idea? <laughs> yeah, that so it helps me. It helps me to stay on track. And uh, sometimes I go through all of them. Sometimes I'll only a portion of them. But every single time, there's a million other questions than what's on that paper because yeah, I'm surprised by something. Yeah. Anyways, and some of them. This last guy that he just went up. What is today? Sunday. He went up yesterday. Uh, Patrick Hegler. He's a he does a lot of pit out stuff in the South. Okay. He's a black guy. First black guy, I said, I want you to know, you are special. <laughs> What's that, man? He's, I said, you're the first black man. You know, he's like, oh, oh. He's, you know, he said something really funny. Yeah. I laughed. I laughed so hard in this stupid thing, I was crying because he was so funny. Yeah. He does impersonations. Okay. Talks. Uh, he has this, like, radio. Deep voice. Yeah, this, uh, this is Patrick Hitler coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And he would he would start talking like that, just out of the blue. He talked to me about how he met his wife. and I said, so when you met your wife, did you talk with the, with the sensual black radio voice? And he said, yes, I did. <laughs> and then he goes, he uses that voice and tells the whole story about meeting her. Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting back from the mic just dying, my stomach's hurting. This is and, gold. and it doesn't affect him at all. He just keeps right on going. <laughs> and then he has this Irish he has an Irish accent that he uses. Yeah. So at the very end I said, you know, Patrick, usually at the very end of these things I go I blab on and on and I don't know how to stop the thing and it's boring. I said, I'm not doing it this time. Take us out, man. Yeah. And he did with his Irish accent and took it out. He said, This is Pit Out Patrick. You know, and he had this Irish thing oh, I can't do it. He was hilarious. And then then there's others that are, you know, you're like Holy Pulling it out, trying to pull stuff, pulls, you know. There's stuff there's no. times I've asked questions. So do you like, really love racing? Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fifteen minute <laughs> question and you answered it with one word. One word. <laughs> But, uh, you know, for the people who are good conversators or the people who can actually hold the conversation, I want to try to do once a year or once every so often 
um, with at least a year interval so I can have some sort of update and I'm actually coming up to my year uh, I think the first one I posted was in May of last year okay so I'm gonna start to try Who was to the ask. first person do you remember I did my parents oh uh, really I, it was just like a podcast oh, test yeah I just had them on for like 16 minutes and then as I went I realized I didn't test any of my cameras so like the second one all my cameras died because I, I'd never done past 30 minutes on any of my cameras that's funny <laughs> so like uh, for a while I was turning cameras on back on as I went so as you go you learn as you go oh yeah my first two were disasters <laughs> yeah Jason DeSalvo we did this interview and I and I was nervous because I had just gotten to know him he's just the greatest guy so I was a little nervous as to what to do what do I ask these people no really real clue and so I just went for it and so um, I had my mixer board and I had I had headphones so we can you know you can hear yourself and it blocks out all the other sound because a lot of times I'm doing these at the racetrack and there's all it's kinds loud. of noise or, or people are coming in and going eh, you know and <laughs> goofing around and stuff so it kind of helps you stay focused well he said do I have to wear these and I'm like nah that's all right so I, I said nah I won't wear mine either so we go through the whole podcast it's about I don't remember at least an hour and a half long I mean I just little question off he goes man he talk 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 ask a question talk, 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 talk. and it was fascinating yeah. too and I, in my mind I'm thinking man I, I remember in California just watching TV week after week watching Jason DeSalvo race and I'm in my mind I'm thinking I'm sitting here interviewing this guy yeah and he wanted to be the first he wanted to be my first uh, track talk so anyways it, it was great and I said man that was so good we were in the second floor of the silo and it's real echoey and it's got this cool sound there at little tally that was Thursday and his podcast was going on Monday and I had I had told a bunch of people I think I put it on Facebook hey the first track talk's coming up it's Jason Salvo blah 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 Thursday afternoon I'm somewhere down there by tally at a hotel and uh, start working on it. I go to listen to it, and I thought, oh my word, no, 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 no. Back it back up, do it again. Oh, no. His mic was off. Oh. <laughs> Lost the entire interview. It I happens. Thought, oh my gosh. You know, I, I just did one of those. Did you? I just screwed up my first one. <laughs> so I called him. I said, Jason, you're not going to believe what happened. He's like, what, man? I lost, your mic wasn't on. What? what? I said, wasn't I? I said, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. He said, um, well, I don't know. I said, can we redo this tonight? He's like, tonight? I said, yes, tonight. This thing's got to go up tomorrow morning. And um, I'm acting like I've known him for years and like we're best yeah. friends because I'm, I'm thinking, I got it. He said, all right, come on over. So it was like a two and a half hour drive. Yeah. I drove to his house set it all up in his living room he said well what do you want to do i said let's just act like we never did it before i said okay yeah and if we did it again it was perfect <laughs> i mean just perfect so two days before that i had um the actual first recording was with josh heron's mom okay kim heron yeah went to her house down in wherever that is in southern georgia did an interview. It was she was tough. She was surprisingly she was very nervous. 
She'd never done an interview like that before. Mm -hmm. I said, you've never done, I figured you had done hundreds of these. Nope. She said, I did one phone interview with Road Racing World. Mm. That's it. Wow. I said, okay. So she was the one word and I, you know, <laughs> kind of got better as we went. And it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It was just, you know, I had to work. So, but I, I was posting hers the week after Jason because Jason wanted to be the first one. So probably the next Tuesday, I was I got her stuff out. Looking, 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 looking. I can't find it anywhere. Oh, the file's not there. What is long story short, what happened is that on this board, somehow it reverted itself um, in its you know how when it'll automatically do a file and it'll name it whatever, somehow automated file thing. Mm -hmm. Well somehow it it named or it file dated that back to the date I'm, I'm assuming the thing was made oh yeah like well, this was a year ago in 2020 or in May of 2020 it was like January 2019 okay so I'm looking at all these on my SD card I'm like what is all this old junk and I'm getting, oh, rid, of get rid, getting of rid of everything <laughs> somewhere oh, along no. the line I deleted that whole yeah. thing so I had to call her and say, hey, I told her what happened, and she laughed. And I said, there's no, I said, yours is another one that I, I had kind of marketed a little bit, let people know, because no one knew about the track talk stuff. Yeah. And people think it's coming out Saturday, and I don't have, she's five, she's five and a half hours away, wow. and I, I didn't have no time to do that 11-hour round trip. I said, would you mind doing this over the phone with me again? Yeah. And it has a cool thing where you can, Put your phone right into the board, and I can talk. We can, I can Record talk to her with there. the microphone and the headphones and hear her. And that's what I had to do that one. I yeah. had to do that one not in person. It's the only one that I have done that way. Yeah. And it worked. And that that second time with her was way better. You got the jitters out. You got she the got the jitters out. I was I was a little bit better. Yeah. And so that worked out. But yeah, the first two, <laughs> the very first two I did were complete disaster. Well, I think what it happened was to yours though? Number forty. Five or 44 so I've been doing it a while it wasn't my first one and then Drake Beecham oh yeah he's in the in the army now yep army doesn't like zoom uh, I record on zoom every single time so I'm like oh I forgot he said you can't record on zoom last second I'm logging into zoom he's not logging in I see his email like we have a, a questionnaire that I ask people and they say and he put it on there, Army doesn't want to use Zoom, can we use something else? I totally forgot. So last second, I'm logging into Skype. I can't get Skype to record. So we don't use Skype at all. So then I'm like, well, how else can we do this? I'll have video. So we do, I just call them on Instagram, uh, FaceTime type of thing. Okay. And I'm using my phone just on my laptop, just looking at me. But I had it um, vi on vibrate. So it didn't get sound. So the same type of thing. I had all the video, but no sound. no sound. And I didn't use this as a backup because I never have a backup when I'm using Zoom because I'd never had an issue before. And so I record the I record it. I press save, and immediately I'm like, oh no! As soon as I hit you know save or you done, know. I immediately knew it. There's nothing there, and I was like, oh. What do you do? And so I told him right after I didn't get I didn't get any sound. 
Um, we haven't rescheduled it yet, but I, I'd love to because it was my mistake. And can you do the Zoom and have him phone call it phone in? Because you can do yeah. a phone in Zoom, so where there's no video. You I'm, can just I'm sure that'd be a way to do it, and there's other ways I could possibly do it, but yeah, it didn't work out perfectly. That's for sure. I'm wondering if you can if it has a. It's line in, so you can put a mic in right there. Um, but yeah, I just, and then so I was like, man, I need to have redundancies even for Zoom or recording online. But then when I went to do that for my next podcast, I realized I can't have a Zoom, I can't have a separate recorder and expect to record it when I'm listening to it via headphones. Yeah. Because they're not going to get the, yeah. the audio. Yeah. I'm just going to be listening to it, so I don't know what the solution is yet. <laughs> the solution is get better cameras.